Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 24. We are here in the Stude at 258 Studios in Scranton. I'm Greedo and Han shot first. I am Lauren and I am the master of all things in the universe. <laughs> I never... I'm Mark. <laughs> Why do you guys do this to me every week, right? Yeah. You just gotta go with it. I know, but usually like I'm the one who's like good with like coming up with like off the cuff stuff. Well, apparently when, not. If when, you're complaining, that no, you no, no. Can't. But then when it comes to my name, I just, I just blank. <laughs> I, usually, I do too. Yeah, but you for like the last three weeks, you've had like really good ones. No, I think I said nothing last week. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> See that that the benefit of uh, having a piece of paper in front of you is you can write stuff on it, and then it, you. I'm just looking at Twitter. Remember man. things. Oh, <laughs> That's you need, all I'm doing. You need you need one of these clever memo pads. Nah, I just don't like to write. Mm. Me neither. Yeah. I hate writing. I'm, anyway. I'm Mark, and I don't like to write on paper. <laughs> and I'm Jer, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm Jer Tobin, and I guess keeping with the Star Wars theme, I'm I'm Lobot, I guess. Oh, my much. God, I could have totally went with that. You? You yeah. would have stole Lobot on me? I'm the bald guy. No, no, I, no, 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 <laughs> but like he looks like, he looks like uh, if you take your headphones and you put your headphones back a little bit, right? that's Lobot. Mark. I did it once, and somebody with, thought I looked like Lobot. Actually, with with Marky, with your uh, voice, I think we can go with a salacious crumb on that. You know, huh? you said, <laughs> that one. Yeah, because every once in a while, you know, you, you let out realize. a little cackle. Are and... we picking actual characters? Because I'll pick Mara Jade. Okay, yeah, okay. go with Mara Jade on that one. Was that episode two? That's no episode whatsoever. Oh, no, she okay. just got erased in the expanded universe. I'm pretty actually. sure she doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and also joining us is. Rich Dries, who is the Jedi Master of Film Buff Online. I am not the podcast guest you are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> who is this man? <laughs> Did George Lucas write that? <laughs> well, it was pretty bad, so yeah, he could have. <laughs> touche, touche. So uh, let's make fun of a multi-billionaire today. Well, you know, I mean, it, it makes us all feel better as Star right, Wars fans, sure. so why not? <laughs> We're just jealous because he made it up and we didn't. But I know that's all it is. It's fear and envy. Which yeah, leads yeah. to hate, which leads to suffering. Exactly. All right. What about the website, man? Uh, let's see. What do we got this week? Oh, uh, here, here's a weird <laughs> announcement for you. Okay this this was to, this was today, and I had to read it about three times before I believed that it was real. Mark just clicked Jer on Tinder. Sorry, I thought that was the <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Nancy Kerrigan's Halloween on Ice. Get out of here. Where? Is not only a real thing, but it's also coming to the Mohegan Sun Arena in Wilkes-Barre on October There's 8th. like eight this getting is... clubbed jokes you can make there. <laughs> this is the second time Nancy Kerrigan's come up because I saw a signed t-shirt of her today at my orthodontist's office. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> that's really, really, really weird. Lauren, and I took note because I said, oh my God, that's Nancy that's, Kerrigan. That's so specific. I now believe in a higher power. <laughs> <laughs> I should have taken like a picture. Like if that isn't a sign that you need to go see Nancy Kerrigan break a leg. <laughs> I think I need to go see figure skating for the first time in my life. I'll go. It's amazing. Let's go. Okay. All right. We should all get those like, what do they call those batons that uh, the police use in like London? Bobbies or whatever. Oh yeah, I think so. You know what I'm talking about? And you know how like in hockey games they throw out squids and shit? Oh my we should God. throw those out. What's wrong with you? Because it was totally <laughs> Tanya Harding. We should all dress like it's it's Halloween, isn't it? It's, it is Halloween. It is Halloween. Right. So we should all dress like Tanya. You guys that is cruel. Do you think for one second that there is not gonna be one person there dressed as Tanya Harding? 
I think that or the- Jeff Galuli. How I remember these names. <laughs> Wait, did, did Tanya Harding do porn seriously? Yes. yes. That's what I thought. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that happened. I have yet to see you just that. You just got a visual cue in your head somehow. Somehow. To I got, you yeah. see, I got the visual cue of the why. It was so, like, it was so it's tragic, it's horrible, oh. but at the same time, like, the way it was sensationalized, it's kind of funny. Saturday Night Live just skewered it. As did uh, Weird Al and many other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but I think the reason why that story was so big is because who the hell does that in figures? It's figure skating. Right. Exactly. Right. It's not Mayweather and Pacquiao. Like, it's figure <laughs> skating. Which we are going to talk about. No, we're not. I no. need to. It's they, not newsworthy. Uh, uh, After I, we get through I, I, I think uh, their fight was better than uh, the one uh, this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, the, to- the the Nancy Kerrigan fight yeah. lasted about seven seconds, and but the entertainment value went on for years. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I wonder what the over-under on that way, was. Way worth, way worth 100 bucks. Not so much. For that for fight? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would never. I just, I'll, just go, I'll, just, I, I'll just go downtown Scranton in like 98. <laughs> I'll watch a good fight there when Tinks was open. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's see. We got All right, I, so Nancy on ice. Nancy on ice. <laughs> we got uh Jen Johnson tomorrow night at uh NEPA Scenes Got Talent. She won the audience vote last week. Uh, we have a Q&A with her on the site and a video as well. I missed last week because I had to work, but I heard that she was phenomenal. Yeah, she's really really We good. were actually looking her up um on the uh we went to Garth Brooks on Friday. We were going down looking at her YouTube videos. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's really good, man. How what was is- Garth Brooks? Honestly, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Not a country fan. Well, I wouldn't have expected you to go. So, what, what made you go to that? Because I know he's like a, a great performer. Okay, you know what I mean. And and he's the only country where I, I actually kind of like. It's not like uh, truck driving, dog died, whatever. Like the substance of his music is actually pretty good. The only problem is there's a slide guitar. Hmm. But if you take out the slide guitar, it's, he's, a, he's a really good show. But his show was incredible. It was nice. awesome. My girlfriend only likes Viking death metal and she had a really good time. I'm going to have to work with both of you on this because I come from Viking death metal and yet so there is some country that is very good. There is some. But Garth, I can Garth for some reason I just really liked. Hmm. Like well, album to album I really liked him. Was Chris Gaines his opening act or I liked Chris Gaines too. <laughs> and there was people who didn't believe. What didn't he do a cover of Hard Luck Woman by Kiss? Um, I think so, yeah. And it was on the radio, and, and everybody was like, oh, Chris Gaines. And everybody was like, who the hell is Chris Gaines? And I'm like, it's fucking Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. But his <laughs> wife played with him, Trisha Yearwood. She came out. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Everybody had a good time. She came out, did like four songs. It was billed as Garth and Trisha. Oh, cool. And then she came out and did like three songs, and she was like, good night, State College, and walked <laughs> back in. And then Garth <laughs> just kept kicking ass. He did like three encores. He was awesome. Fair enough. And, and the whole audience said... um, introduced Dirks Bentley. They had a video <laughs> crew there. They're like, tomorrow night, we're going to do the thing for Dirks Bentley. So we all had to scream, Dirks Bentley. <laughs> you had Which to? in hindsight, I feel kind of shit. They had hillbillies with shotguns <laughs> to your head that you had to scream No, you know out? what it was? Like Jimmy went with us and, I, and I, we, like it was, it was awesome because we got like front row parking because my dad brought his RV. But, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting outside quote unquote tailgating which basically meant like there was four Coors Light drank some some Colorusos pizza and then we played uh, the game where you put your phone up against your head it's like charades and like you have to like people have to pantomime or whatever and figure out what, you, what you're talking about the person with the phone up against their head has to be like 
Wookie. You know what I mean? Like that's who you're doing or like hiking. That's new to me, but okay. Is it like I did a telephone? bunch, a whole bunch of Snapchats on it, but, um, and then like that died, like that's, that was the excitement of our, like, you know, you're in your, you're hanging out with people, but then who are older when you start doing shit like that, when you're like, Oh, yeah. is there any more pizza left? <laughs> and then, um, like this whole group of like senior citizens walked by and I'm like, Jimmy, this is not our crowd. <laughs> and he's like, no, but we went inside and I got a, a pint of uh, peach paterno ice cream <laughs> and uh, watched Garth Brooks. Nice. Had a real good time. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then Saturday we saw my dad race for a little bit and then everybody had to go to work. That's cool. So I had to drive everybody back by like five o'clock so they can, a blaze had a gig and Victoria had work. So mm. cool story, Mark. You're welcome. I kind of did the Hemingway version. I did the scenic route, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So uh, that just in short, I went and saw Garth Brooks. Fair enough. I, I saw, uh, I went to the, uh, we did a comedy night at the Irish Cultural Center in Scranton with a couple of the, the guys that uh, do the open mics. I wanted to go so bad. I dropped her off and then I had to go. They were, they were work. great. They were really, really funny. Now how'd it go? It was a good venue. Was everybody comedy? The, ven- the venue was great. The, the turnout was so, so, but of course we were fighting age of Ultron opened, uh, you know, we had the fight and you had, uh, the, the, uh, horse race as well. The derby. So it was like everybody three out of those four things. I don't care. Yeah. But apparently a lot of people do like all the people that I know that don't give a shit about fighting any other day of the year paid a hundred bucks to watch a shitty fucking fight instead of (laughs) this was a big deal. See, uh, see four really good comics for 20 bucks Hmm. on Friday. Yes. Was it a big deal? Yeah. On Monday today. Is it a big deal? Absolutely. Because the world is not right anymore. Because why? Because evil one. He's just a dick. The dark side has taken over and it's not going to be right. Floyd Mayweather has too much money and Manny Pacquiao is a bad politician. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. He is. Seriously. He got $180 million for that fight. And he's giving $40 million of it to charity. Who is? Manny Pacquiao. I'm talking about Mayweather. Oh. Yeah. But Mayweather's not a politician. Pacquiao is. Your 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 subject verb agreement is not making sense here to me. That's why I don't write. I speak. Okay, it's <laughs> should not, stop doing It's that not too. working. If you, seriously, I'm gonna I'm gonna spray Windex at you. <laughs> I'm gonna poke you in your larynx. Larynx. Yes. <laughs> Whose words aren't working now? <laughs> that makes my coccyx tingle. <laughs> What part of the body is that? That's your tailbone. It's the, the Cossacks, the tailbone, yeah. Oh, okay. But people call is it that a why when there, it hurts like hell? What? Nothing. So the comedy. <laughs> no, it was a good night, and uh, the, the audience really dug it. Um, so the, the, Are you guys going to do another one? Uh, yeah, the venue invited us back, so we might do one in the fall. Um, you know, we would take, take a little time off and, you know, promote it and that sort of thing. Is Jerk Mayweather fighting in the fall? <laughs> God, I hope September, not. yeah. Is he fighting in September? Yeah. Well, we won't do it in September then. There's also local events in September and October. Right. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll be careful about okay. when we, we do it this time. As a matter of fact, um, we didn't even announce it yet, but Dan Hoppel Comedy Hour or something is going to be here yeah. October 3rd, I believe. Yeah. Well, he was, uh, he, he was one of the, um, uh, the performers the other night, and he was really good. Zach Hammond headlined, and uh, Zach was, was awesome. And Dan's our guest next week. Yeah. Yeah. Real awesome. excited. He's going to, we'll, we'll, we'll laugh. We'll cry. 
It'll be good. We've been talking about this for weeks about what how this is going to go down next week. So, well, he's a big fan of the show. He listens to every episode. So, <laughs> yeah, he's the fan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. I'm looking forward <laughs> to next week. Then I love every inch of that man. There's a lot to love. Wow, that's, that's how much that what that's not there. insulting. Like Dan, <laughs> Dan is a, I. I want Dan to like just sleep over in my bed. Hashtag super fat. The hashtag Marky's in love. <laughs> So, all right, comedy went well. So let's see. Uh, Did anybody uh, get drunk and heckle? Uh, no, not 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 heckle per se, but there were a few drunkies. Did Hammond so, shut them down? Some, or what? some of them, some of them were in my family. Because <laughs> <laughs> you uh, love your family, you just don't have to like them all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was that was one of those times. Uh, <laughs> were, you, were you sitting there going like, guys, seriously, stop it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wait, yeah. you had to like scold your family at this event? Yeah, pretty much. That's that's pretty common though. Wait, and they're like, ah, Richie put on a show. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, did they not like? I think they were. I think that's awesome. I'm just bringing. I think they were expecting me to go up and tell jokes too. You know, which really were they like, yeah. get Rich up there? No, it didn't get that bad, but it was. Yeah, there were there were moments. Did you did you host it? Uh, no, no. I just got up and said, you know, check out our site and that kind of thing. And Thanks for coming. Please ignore my family. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> left and left it to the, the, the professionals. And you went out the back door. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I sh- awesome, though. Your family, everybody's family just creates memories for them. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, the uh, uh, Corey Wolf's uh, recording copyright series. Uh, he he did another entry of that. So, if you're a musician and you are interested in uh, recording copyright laws, that's a really good series. Uh, that that actually is quite helpful because they just did a uh, event uh, about a week ago. It was last Thursday. Yeah, I, I went At, to it. Yeah. The, how was that? The uh, the Lackawanna County had a, an event that was about uh, copyright laws and how it's, to protect it was, your. Uh, it's, your it was work. incredibly interesting and it's an incredibly complicated topic right which is why like he he kind of breaks it down very simply in these columns so it's a nice start Even, uh, Corey's, you know, but there's so much more to it you also have to remember it's always changing every new case makes right oh no 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 I, I know that and then and then you know they had a lawyer come in from philly and he's he's a uh like a copyright patent attorney blah 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 um he's, he especially deals with entertainment mm-hmm. and art um but you know for cor- for how for how smart and versed in this world Corey is, yeah, it's like it's scratching the surface. Like it's sure. so it's such a complicated issue. Oh yeah, I know a librarian that is well versed in copyright law. We could have on. Okay, cool. Are they local? Yeah. Good. All right. All right. Well, you have you you do the schedules. <laughs> Putting a pin in it. Good. And then uh, I'll mention one other thing before we get into it. Uh, we're streaming all the bands on, of the uh, NEPA Metal Meltdown Festival, which is this weekend. It's Friday and Saturday at Diane's Deli in Pittston. Uh, so we're streaming all the bands uh, on there so you can listen to them all uh, beforehand before you go. And uh, we'll have uh, some additional coverage leading up to the festival and then, you know, after the festival. What do you well. mean streaming? Like the SoundCloud thing? Uh, yeah, basically, if you, you, you uh, we have uh, split it up by day one and day two. So if you go to day one or day two, you can check out all the bands and you've got all their their SoundClouds or their, you know, where, where their band camps or whatever they use to uh, stream their stuff. And it's just right there imbe- is, embedded on the site ready to go. So and this is just, Friday? Yeah, it's Friday and Saturday. 
Um, there's a whole set of different bands each night. And uh, some of them are local bands and some of them are from out of the area. But it's a, it's a cool little underground metal festival. And it's the only one of its kind in the area that they do every year. Well, people better go then. Yeah, well, we're we're sponsoring it, so we're hoping to get some people to come out to it. And we're, we'll be giving away uh, some Slipknot tickets because uh, they'll be playing the following week at uh, the Toyota Pavilion. Who are they playing with? Uh, Hatebreed, I believe. Blondie. <coughs> Call yeah. me. I've I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Hatebreed like six or seven times by default because they're always opening for someone else that I want to see. I could really care less about Hatebreed personally, but it's not so much Hatebreed. It's just Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Why do metal bands? Oh, I'm not even gonna go there. Forget it. I have a question about Diane's Deli. I've never been you in. You can't there. get a hoagie, or can you? Well, okay, you can get food, but it's mm-hmm. not a deli. Right. Okay. Right. I, I pass there often. Yes. I only live like three miles away from the place. Um, and it looks really nondescript, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you can't tell what it is. There's not even, I don't think there's like a sign that even sticks out. Yeah, I don't think so. like eat at Joe's, eat at Joe's. <laughs> yeah, no. You know what I mean? But I, is it big in there? Like. It's a decent size. Yeah, there's there's a good size floor. I mean, it's not huge by right. any means, but I mean, it's a decent size that you can have uh, something like that okay. work pretty well. Uh, uh-huh. A lot of the metal bands play there. Yeah, because I always thought, okay, like this is, a, it's a, it says deli right. in the title. So obviously they serve food and I'm really thinking there's a deli, there's a counter. <laughs> How in the world do they also have all these shows there? It's Cheer- like Arlene's well, Grocery. Right. right, but also there's no fish in Blowfish. Wow, apples and oranges. But okay, I get, your, I, get, I get your I get your weak analogy. It's, I get it. You get my weak. <laughs> it's not laid out like a traditional New York deli with a shotgun. No, you know, counter on the right. one side and everything. It's 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 much more like a restaurant. Okay, with some stage room on the one all side. Right. The picture I wanted painted for Diane's deli has been sufficiently revealed. To me. Thank you all. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right, so let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about Star Wars. Now, I want to know. <laughs> How everyone got into uh, into Star Wars originally? What was the when was the first time you saw it? Let's start with Rich. Well, um, actually, I'm old enough to have seen it back in 1977. No way. Yes way. Really? How old were you? You saw it in 77. Eight. That had to change your life, man. It. I know most people don't have like a real clear, strong memories of their lives before like they're ten. Yeah. But so yeah, I can't really grade that, but. Just to be part of that zeitgeist at that time, looking back on it, it was like, my God, you know, how much it permeated the culture. It was like probably around um, June or so, like as the movie was just starting to go wide, starting to really, you know, dominate news stories on the national news, things like that. I'm hanging out of my my friend Todd's house and his older brother, Ted, had seen the movie. Like Todd and Ted? (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> I think his older brother had seen the movie like three or four or five times at this point already and um, and he was describing it to us and he's like oh it's just like these big you know battleships in space and all this stuff and I was just like oh, that sounds awesome and I had to nag my mom for weeks weeks and weeks before um, she finally let one of my older brothers take me and my younger brother to see it that was because in theaters for weeks. Before that was in you theaters went. for months and months and months. Remember, you know, of course, pre VHS even. Yeah. Um, I mean, even a couple of years later, I remember like Raiders of the Lost Ark being at the local Eric in Harrisburg, 
uh, on Union Deposit Road there from, what it opened was, in May. It was still in there at the end of November. Was Raiders 83? 80. 80? Yeah. Um, 80 or 81? Um, now now that I need 80, to know. Right? Yeah, so Raiders might have been um, 81. Okay. Um, yeah, now that I need to know, I'm blanking. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, but you know, for Raiders, I remember because it opened up, you know, that same Wednesday before Memorial Day weekend that Lucasfilm was just like, oh, this is our magic weekend, obviously. Right. Because um, Star Wars and Empire had opened those dates. Um, and then my younger brother went to see it on his birthday, and that was at the end of November. So it was still showing, you know, in first run. Jesus. Yeah. Remember now, those days? Yeah. Yeah. If a movie's in the, those days. movie's in theater for longer than seven weeks, you know, it's yeah. it stands out. What do I remember? Roger Rabbit. I was in theaters forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And then what was the second run theater? Wasn't it wasn't it up the Einan? Uh yeah, there was. Um I didn't move into this area until I was going into eighth grade, though. I was living down in Harrisburg. No, you're um, totally Iron <laughs> time. You're yeah, afraid. it was but, like a dollar fifty. Yeah, but I was like living in movie. I was living in Mountaintop though. Oh, so. well, nobody's perfect. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you saw in the theater. Yeah, I remember in stereo. I remember going to see Empire opening weekend. How long was that line? Ridiculous. And we went. Um, it was my friend John Lawrence, his dad, and myself. They were like, we're going to see Empire Strikes Back. Do you want to go see it? I was like, yeah, but let me go home and check with my mom first. I go home. Mom's not around. Dad's not around. The plan was- we're Decision gonna go, is made. We're going at like the 5.30 show because John's dad was like, short line. Everybody will be off for dinner. It's like, cool. Okay. So my parents aren't around for me to ask you know, permission. So I just like write a note, went to the movies with Mr. Lawrence. I'll be back by whatever. Made myself a jelly sandwich and I was good. <laughs> caught holy hell for it <laughs> when I did get home but yeah but it was totally worth it of course yeah absolutely it's empire duh little did you know it was gonna be amazing mm-hmm. more amazing than the original mm-hmm. and, and on I the cliffhanger <laughs> oh yeah cause I mean you saw it for the first time in the theater <laughs> you weren't gonna just go out and see Jedi after no, that you had to no. wait several yeah, years three years I think it was three years in between mm-hmm. the movies right? yep. yeah and then finally by that time we had moved up to this area here and I saw Return of the Jedi at um General Cinema's opening day. Epa Viewmont? No, um, Wyoming Valley Mall. Anything below like Pittston, I don't know where the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel awful. <laughs> but I'm just thought I'd let you know that. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was another occasion where the line was crazy. It was like, you know, it was in the inside mall theater and the line went from the theater. That was the one the, behind the mall, right? There, they it was had, its own separate building, wasn't it? No, they it? had two. Did they? They had um I think it was three or four auditoriums in the mall itself. Up um, by the J.C. Penney end. Yeah. And then they had the th- the three outside the mall on the other side of the parking lot. Yeah, no which, which is now a car dealership, isn't it? Uh, no, the car dealership's on the other side. They just, they knocked down the the old theater years ago. And that's when they put in the first, it was um, a it was ground like 10 round. 10 years ago, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Right. It was a ground round. Then it became a bank and then they tore down the bank. And now it's a Chipotle of vitamin store and the five guys. That's oh. right across from Outback, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's right up all in that area. Yeah, Jer, it's not a car dealership. Sorry. <laughs> Why don't we find out where Mr. Jer found it? Star Wars? Yes. I honestly I Star Wars to me seems like it's just been ingrained in my life ever since. I can't recall now that this has uh, been brought up. I don't remember where the first time I ever saw it was. Um the only Star Wars that I remember seeing 
in the theater revenge of the was, Sith. was 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 well okay sorry the the original films was jedi that's the one i know i saw in the theaters but i mean oh god i remember having the star wars action figures like all this star wars was just a part of my life ever since i could remember mm. it was action figures clothing comic books so and i still have most of them too no you don't seriously mm-hmm. i mean they're not in the packaging so? But I still have all the loose figures. I have the original. I've never um, been in your bedroom, but I can only imagine. Oh, uh, you don't want to go there. Surrounded by <laughs> it's, it's like Jumanji. <laughs> no, but uh, rhinos I, and bears. I have. Um, there was this Darth Vader action figure case um, that closed up. You, it's kind of like it, it opens. It was up just in, the head, in, wasn't it? Just the yeah. head. Yeah, like the yeah. torso, or from it was like a bust. Put it that way. Right. And you put all the action figures in there. Um, There's labels for their names. Um, it's, that's kind of like all busted up, but I still have it. And I still have so many, uh, loose action figures. Um, I have a, a busted up at, at Walker, uh, in my, my shed right now. I know. Uh, God. Yeah. No, let him say what he wants to say. Yeah. Not the, not the ATST. I never had the ATST, mm. uh, but I did have the at, at, um, I remember Kmart in the Pittston Plaza when I was really did you young. Did you say Plaza? The Plaza. Yeah. It was the Plaza. <laughs> Back in the day, right? I was at Kmart and me and my dad were walking <laughs> Nakatomi around. Nakatomi Plaza. And <laughs> and uh, we saw this, oh, I, I forget exactly what vehicle it was, but it was one of the bigger spaceships and it was mislabeled. It was something like two ninety nine or something. My dad's like, are you, are, are you shitting me? Let's take this up to the counter. And Let's see if we can get away yeah, with theft, son. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I I distinctly remember I was so excited about this that I mean I was probably like God five years old six years old and I remember this so distinctly still. Um, the one lady that was working behind the counter, um, she was like, Yeah, you know, probably you could d- take it. It's it's labeled that, so that's what it is. But. Let me call a manager just to be sure. So the old bitchy manager lady came across and she's like trying to scratch off the the price. Oh, no, that's wrong. You can't do that. No, no, no. Then she left and the original girl was just like, just go. I'll just go. Go take it. <laughs> do you, wait, do, you, nice. do you realize that in that one statement, we finally figured out why Jared's been angry since he was five? <laughs> <laughs> that, that bastard so that bitchy manager comes out like she's probably really sweet jerry you're just no five. no she was not she came out she was like i am she had that look on her like i am a manager like pursed lips and she had that walk to her how do you, you know remember I mean? all this I, I i remember a lot dude i remember being in the crib sucking on a bottle at, at some points but that moment instilled in you that anti-disestablishmentarianism that is still present in you today yeah Sure, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> oh, finally, Lawrence said something I agreed with. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love you. I'm just, you know, I'm just in a mood. I'm in a crank ass mood. <laughs> the time is but, I, but I've been waiting. I've been waiting like 24 weeks for you to say anti-disestablishmentarianism. Really? Yeah, man. Why? Because you're so like learned. It's a compliment. But you're one of the smartest people I know. Anti-disestablishmentarianism doesn't come up in everyday speech. I know, but it you got a chance to use it, and it was awesome. But he just dis- okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving. Are you mad at me? I'm giving no. you a compliment. Tell me about when you discovered Star Wars. Like ten minutes ago. Mm. <laughs> you were supposed to give me ten minutes for Manny Pacquiao. Well, that didn't happen. Go. <laughs> Star Wars. I don't know. 
When I was a kid, I had I had like action figures, but I didn't know what they were. You didn't know what they were? I no, I had no idea what they were. Like you, you physically didn't know what the action figures were. Like no, did you I try d- eating them and no, 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 like no, wiping no, your no, ass no, like with them. No, and... I didn't know. Like I was. Big what in... is this object? I, I don't was, understand. I was big into like Legos, constructs, GI Joe, um, all that stuff. And I did have Star Wars stuff. And I remember going over um, my cousin's house, and my cousin had. Um, Oh my God! What's the creature from Jabba's Lair underground? Rancor. Rancor. So he had like a Rancor and um, the Millennium Falcon. I always thought the Millennium Falcon was cool. I just never knew what they were. Okay. You know what I mean? Like even the the action figures. So like Darth Vader, Han Solo, Luke, Leia, Leia with the buns. I had no idea who these characters were because we never watched. Like my mom, like like my dad used to go racing all the time. So like he would go racing on the weekends and I'd stay up late and all we had was HBO on like the Verto cable box where it's like, oh, we got to get up and switch it. And I'd stay up to like two or three o'clock in the morning watching films with my mom. Like that's how I got into film. But we'd be watching like Blue Velvet and like all these. <laughs> it was never my mom was never like genre. She was that never explains like, a lot. Yeah. Like I, I the first Indiana Jones like I really remember was Temple of Doom. You know what I mean? Like I never watched all that shit. And it wasn't until like the later years in my life that I just really fell in love with. So that universe, do you remember, uh, watching star Wars then? Like, uh, you know, I remember we did have, we, we had, we had beta tapes back then. And I remember that we did have on beta the Ewok adventure. Oh, really? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Of all things to have, though. That's what we... That, that, that was, was your representation of Star Wars? That might have been the first Star Wars movie I saw. And, and you kept with it. After. Yeah, <laughs> right? That's well, I was something. A, but, but, yeah. but, but here's the thing. Like, like, like I'm... Um, crazy. Sorry, I'm getting emails and shit. Um, I, w- I was the kid that, like, you know, constantly... Like, I had an imagination... You know what I mean? Like I would go out and play in the sandbox or the yard or whatever and just come up with all these scenarios and all this stuff. And oh, I was, I was really big into Transformers. I had tons of Transformers. <clears throat> but I like to build shit. I like to make shit. And I really didn't fall in love with that universe until maybe 14, 15 was when I fell in love with Star Wars. Because that's when okay. finally I figured out like, oh, I love film. Hmm. And I never realized it this whole time. Yeah. It's like that cliche in the movie where like the woman you love is actually your best friend and you've known her your whole life. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one of those things. Sure. But now I'm just totally, I'm, I'm such an asshole. Like I'll, I bought the Blu-rays. I bought the special editions. I have the, the, the DVDs. I had it on uh, VHS tape. There was the black box one. Then there was the gold box one. Mm-hmm. Um, had all those. Um, I don't think I've ever seen the original uncut versions of the original trilogy. Really? I don't hmm. know. Yeah, I know in 97 when they re-released them. Is that when they re-released yes. them? Yeah. I went and saw them in the theaters. Mm-hmm. But they were the special editions. They were the special edition ones. I'm right. not I'm not entirely sure that I've seen I, anything pre-97 special edition. I have that on VHS. What, the originals? Mm-hmm. I won't yeah. yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, I have a VHS them. player too. Same here. Yeah, I do as well. Oh. <laughs> I have a VHS player. I have a beta player. We too. should do this. Yeah, totally. I mean, well, the, uh, supposedly they're Gerald uh, bring the, the, Molly. the rumors have been going around hey. for a while that they will <laughs> put out the uncut versions on Blu-ray. That's that's the only. Can I? <laughs> 
in 30 years, that might be the only good thing Disney's ever done. <laughs> right? <laughs> Is to release the original uncut. Yes. Undoctored. Especially because, you know, you, you put them in the National Film Registry, you'd think like that's protected in some form or another. And yet Lucas is, you know, completely violated that by not allowing it to come out in any well, not, other Not form. only that, exactly. before, before he, before I think before he sold to Disney in the years preceding that, he would, he, he's like, no one's ever going to see that. Yeah. It, it, and it was an attitude that always kind of struck me as odd because... George Lucas constantly was donating to film preservation charities and things like that. Uh, Lucasfilm was very instrumental in preserving um, some footage uh, that Edison had shot of early sound film experiments, things like that. Hmm. And for him to kind of turn around and say, well, my own work, which features groundbreaking special effects that, you know, won an Oscar for the first film. The other two films were given special Oscars to take them out of competition to give the other people in the visual effects uh, category a, ch- a fighting chance to win something. You know, for him to say, yeah, but the thing that created the cultural phenomenon and everything, you can't see it exactly as it was at that moment. Always struck me as, as you said, very hypocritical. And it's the one thing that I, besides the fact that I think a lot of the changes in the special editions aren't to the film's betterment. Mm. Um, yes, obviously, you know, Greedo shooting first is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but even like smaller things and like, and this is one of my pet peeves in Empire, um, visually as they're racing to uh, try to, uh, you know, uh, Rescue Han from Boba Fett as Boba Fett's putting him onto a slave one to fly him away to Jabba's. Mm. Um, you see them running through these corridors of Cloud City that are very white and sterile and close in. And it's a very claustrophobic feeling and it creates a visual tension there. And when you suddenly start throwing in lots of windows with cotton candy pink clouds floating around outside, it diffuses that. And right. it just doesn't feel right to me anymore when I look at it, you know, and I watch it and I was like, ugh. Even his own arguments for changing some of this stuff really didn't make any sense because like uh, in, in this the same film when, uh, you know, you have the, the famous, you know, I am your father uh, scene. He, uh, you know, Luke, it, it falls off the thing. I mean, he basically throws himself off. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you assume that he may be committing suicide, you know, or at the very least uh, trying to make some sort of escape. And um, they added it he, in one one of the special editions, because people don't realize that this isn't the only special edition. He's every it's single like, time. Every new iteration. Every single yeah. time it's been re-released on VHS or DVD or Blu-ray, it's been edited again and changed again. And in, in one of the versions, now, mind you, his argument has always been, well, I wanted to make it this way in the first place, but I wasn't, I couldn't. So now I'm able to go back and put it out the way that I wanted to put it out. But that argument doesn't make any sense because in this scene he he adds in uh you know luke saying no as he's falling so basically like it, almost like he got thrown off like it was an accident or mm-hmm. you know like he, he he didn't mean to die like because why else would he be screaming no because he's already Empire, he's just, already reacted to vader being his father and all that kind of stuff right. so that doesn't make any sense then he does it again. Then uh, when, when the next version comes out, he takes that out. Okay, good. So now it's no longer a part of that anymore. So he, in other words, I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. So you can argue 
that, oh, this was my original vision, and then you're going to go back and change it back to the way it was. It doesn't make any sense. And so, I have a little trouble believing that when you're when you're the biggest filmmaker in the world at that moment, and you're the producer, you know, making Empire Strikes Back, you're going to have a full lead in, no, or not. Right. And that's not, is, there's no reason in the world for you to say, well, I wanted to get that in there, but we just couldn't. Exactly. That's there's no bullshit. reason. That's not a technology yeah. no, question. It's, no, right. It's not a like, well, the effect work didn't work out really great for how we wanted to envision Jabba in the first movie. So we dropped it all out. Right. No, this is a, come on, really, George? Ben Burt yeah. couldn't get the no yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for dropping Ben Burt's name. You're welcome. I, that's a name I've known since I think I was like nine. I'm not so. that stupid. <laughs> No, but I just want to kind of circle back about the first Star Wars movie that was and you were saying how that was kind of like, you know, how movies, you know, certain movies were gateways to you loving movies there, Marky. Yeah. Um, But for me, it was Star Wars because, you know, you you go to the movies, you see it. You didn't have a home video or anything like that. You had no idea if it was ever going to show up on TV. So you had like the making of Star Wars special. So you watch that just so you can see like a five second clip of the Millennium Falcon flying by and the, the Christmas special. It, well, let's not <laughs> let's not even go to the <laughs> holiday special to go there. there. But um, but you watch that and you see oh okay, and then you can find out oh okay, that's how they oh that's interesting how they make these models and how they kit bashed you know old a model airplane and model battleship uh you know models to build these well, I mean that, spaceships. I mean, and, part, of the, part of the thing that like probably got me into that and, and fascinated me about it was like, I th- you know, I, I always loved the making of. So mm-hmm. when DVD came out, I was like, oh my God. Oh yeah. How did they do that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, there, I was, was always big on that too. And then there was, there was this TV show that used to be called uh, Magic. Oh my God. But, but they went and did like, how did they did, how they did like the trench run, mm-hmm. how they did like all this stuff. Cause then it was amazing because, you know, Here's a guy who like there was no real visual effects houses back then. There was no real, you know, sound mixing stages or anything. Mm-hmm. And he created the whole thing at a necessity. Yeah. And, you know, if you ever watched how they made A New Hope, they actually he actually used like old World War Two footage that he spliced in there at the at when when they're doing. Uh, oh, my God. When when do they, they get off of. Uh, is it when they get out of the uh, out of the Death Star? Star? Yeah, when they're in the, the PAC kid. The... <laughs> <laughs> don't get the um, but the shots of all the Tie Fighters was actually World War II dogfight footage, and that's how they figured out like here's the shots that we need, here's what we like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what he did. He created all that mm-hmm. shit. Long, he got a group long of... before there was any kind of concept of like previs or anything like oh, that. Oh yeah. yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just try the trial and error of that. I mean, that that gave us ILM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of that came IL. Like George. George Lucas pushed pushed the boundaries of technology and then and then shit all over. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to that because I, okay, defi- yeah. I definitely want to get to that. Line. Lauren, I want to hear how you got into it. Oh hi, hi, oh hi, hi. Um, I was born after this the original trilogy. Came oh, we're out. starting all the way when you're born. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember Star Wars. The Imperial being, March was in, during the ultrasound. It was part of my family because everybody was either a Trekkie or a Star Wars fan. So uh, it was just kind of in the background. And I think I recall bedtime stories being told the story of Star Wars. And I had the action figures since I was very young and the VHS tapes since I was very young. And I distinctly remember going to the theaters in 1997 saying, what is this? What did they do as a young child? 
and not understanding why it was different. Where's all the Vulcans? <laughs> <laughs> That's it? Yes. So what happened after 97? After oh, I had I had all the encyclopedias. I I had all the Did you have like did you ever did you have like the book of um they did like the almost like the blueprint diagram breakdowns of I like all those. the ships. Yeah. I, I think all I the, had that too. All the vehicles, yeah. all the vehicles in the universe. I had the biographies of all the uh, minor characters. Uh, I did the 3D puzzles of the Star Destroyer and the Millennium Falcon. And I did not finish the Death Star because it's spherical. And those are difficult because all the pieces look the same. <laughs> I still have my Darth Vader piggy bank with the raised arm and the lightsaber. And he goes, when you put money in. Does he, re- my grandmother got me a machine. And he still that works? Put- he still works, yeah. Does it really? Yeah. Why isn't that here? Why can't we use that for our coffee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> your coffee money. I suppose. No, I'm, I don't want to take your childhood artifacts. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm just curious. So you, have you still followed it since then? Uh, you've You've stayed a fan over the years? Yeah, well, as yeah, I don't like the new trilogy because it's bunk. That seems to be the the general consensus in the room. Le poop. It is le poop. poop. We will definitely get into. (laughs) And I've been become terribly confused by what I'm supposed to consider canon anymore. Yes. Yeah, that is a big issue. Mm. How about you? Me? Um, you know, what's what's funny is uh, one of my first very distinct <coughs> memories of Star Wars was actually a huge dick move spoiler. What do you mean? <laughs> okay, so now I was probably ingrained to love Star Wars because, I mean, my dad was a big nerd and I, I'm obviously, in, in, you know, was into that stuff from, from a very little kid into action figures and things. I think one of the first pieces of clothing I had was a Return of the Jedi hoodie because I was born in 83. That's awesome, though. So, yeah, and I still have the Wait, ho- like an infant it's a, hoodie? It's an infant hoodie, yeah, Aww. and I still have it. Maybe we should see if Jimmy fits in Doesn't that. <laughs> he, pro- he probably does, actually. He's he's quite a little man. So, uh, but I remember uh, being at my aunt's house. Uh, we would go over there for the holidays, and um, I forget which holiday that they were playing Star Wars on. Yom Kippur. Uh, it was, you know, like a Christmas or Easter or one of those that they, you know, had, had the, had it on TV. So, um, I don't know if this was the first actual time I had seen Star Wars, but maybe it was the first time I was more aware of seeing Star Wars, uh, you know, as a memory. So, uh, my uncle's sitting there and he's trying to explain to me, cause obviously the movie, you know, just starts and, you know, you don't really know like, uh, you know, everything that's going on. Cause I mean, there's people going in and out of the room and stuff. So you're not, I, I it might've been during a commercial break, who knows, but, um, he he's explaining like, oh, this is Obi Wan and he does this, and this is Luke Skywalker and he's from here and that sort of thing. Like, oh, okay, yeah, and this is Darth Vader, and you find out later that that's his father, and this is the original. Star Wait, that's Wars. what he said to you? He did. He said that. What to me. a dick! And it completely stuck uh. in my head as a kid. I was like, oh, that's his, fa-. but he's the bad guy. Oh no! So so now I had this in my head. So Empire was totally ruined for me by the wow. time I actually saw Empire. Where's your uncle? What's your uncle's address? <laughs> your, your life could have turned out completely different if that was not spoiled for you. Exactly. You could be on fucking Wall Street right now. So now, now you, now you truly understand why I, I despise spoilers 
dollars. This is a lifelong thing for me. Ooh. So uh, yeah, but, yeah, but that's like the spoiler. It yeah. is. It's <laughs> the spoiler. And uh, that's not like what's in the box. That's I, like oh I think the next <laughs> that's the spoiler. The next time I think I saw like I can remember seeing Star Wars and stuff was when they they put out the VHS of the original uncut versions before they had put out the special editions in the theaters. And of course, the first time I had seen it was. Uh, you know, the special editions in the theaters, but of course, you know, they had added stuff in. And at the time, I wasn't offended by that because you're, you, you know, as a younger kid, you're now, not really like thinking. The TIE fighters come around the. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. okay, this is cool. Like, oh, I didn't know they were going to put Jabba in here. That's cool. Oh, you God, know, that, that, that kind of. See, but the, at, at the time when you're a kid, you don't really mind that stuff because you're not thinking about the film I aspect minded. of it. You're thinking about, you know, well, I, I, I didn't at the time, but you need as, to... as I, you know, thought about it years later, then it, then it started to bug me, <laughs> and then it just became an all-consuming hatred, uh, and then eventually I joined the dark side and uh, killed a bunch of uh, sand people. No, but not your uncle. Fair enough. But not my uncle. You took it all out on the sand people and left your uncle just to just. I That's know. The spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That killed. It killed me. That's like the spoiler for everything, right? Anybody who says that, total. Di- well, like there were there were people so when, when it came like, out, and you might remember this. There were people when when it came out that would drive down the street and like, yell it and yell it. You know that Vader was Luke's father wow. at the line of people waiting to go see the movie. Huh. Mm-hmm. Like people were were that. Sh- so so I mean, it's the the equivalent of online trolling today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't get egged. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and I. What was it? Jedi. I didn't mind Jedi. I thought Jedi was all right. You know, I I don't. It's it's weird because I just think it, I just I just think it was it was now, very strange how they can make a Star Destroyer again. I had no problem with Jedi when it came out. I had no problem years later, and now all of a sudden it seems like there's this backlash for fucking Jedi. Like over the last few years, I've seen a was lot of like people Muppets? are just like fucking I... Jedi is a piece of shit, and you know I can't believe the Always. Ewoks and this and that, and the Death Star being Death Star Two Loved. and all this other kind of bullshit. Jedi. I never had a, never had a problem with Jedi. I don't know what people's. I don't know. I would say now. even back in the '90s, there was still like some backlash. About you think so? Je- yeah. Okay. Um, there was a. I'm, tr- I'm blanking on the name of the magazine, but uh, Dana Gould wrote an article or co-wrote an article called uh, 50 Things We Hate in Return of the Jedi, but we still love Star Wars." You know, mm. um, Dana Gould, like the act, the comedian. Uh, yeah. The the voice of Roger Rabbit isn't he the voice? No, of that's. Oh no, um, Dana Gould. Uh, yeah. Who am I thinking of? Whatever. Keep going. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking. I'm ruining your momentum. Now, I'm that's sorry. okay. No, Dana Gold, who you know is the big Planet of the Apes fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, now I remember. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Um, and you know, I I have it in a in a nice long box somewhere at home. That article in that magazine. Um, yeah. But you know, it, I think there was always some people were always like, I mean, even in the middle mid '90s in Clerks, you know, you have uh you know, yes. Kevin Smith basically saying, "Ah, you know, Return of the Jedi was a bunch of fucking Muppets." Muppets. <laughs> yep. You know, right. blasphemy. Sure. Empire's the best movie. It's a series of down endings. You know. Yeah. So right. that's just like life. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I always, I always enjoyed that analysis mm-hmm. of it too. I think that you know, like seeing the Kevin Smith movies, which were were influential on me mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, I, I think that gave me a new appreciation for Star Wars and a new, new uh, perspective on it. And what was interesting, too, was at the time, you know, Star Wars peaked in like the mid 80s after Return of the Jedi. There was no new real product yep. outside of the Marvel comic. And, you know, the sales on that kind of slid and everybody was like moved on to the next thing. 
um, culturally. And then suddenly, like 10 years later, Kevin Smith is a, you know, as a t- mid 20s now, he's talking about things from his childhood. And that's, I think, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, Star Wars. And then um, uh, the publishing, the novel publishing had just started up a few years prior to that yep. with uh, the Timothy Zahn books, which I think are still the best that that uh, the publishing has ever had to offer. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, I would say outside of the the books, Kevin Smith is probably the biggest person responsible for a resurgence in the interest of Star Wars th- through the 90s. Mm. And I would I would definitely, you know, give that to him for better or for ill. Yeah. Um, you know, and also the thing is, is like the, the people making the movies that we tend to like now and the TV shows, even like the showrunners and stuff of, mm-hmm. of some of our, like the, especially like the, you know, where it's not like one or episodes it's like a whole story arc going through if you ask any of those guys even you know even some of the more seasoned filmmakers and and you know producers and stuff like that they they will always reference star wars Star Wars, yeah you know what i mean it's like i mean you know we have jj abrams right now doing what he's doing but you know his his whole his, all of his peers they're like what was the movie that changed your and like, everybody discovered everybody star wars yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it was. And I think I think maybe it kind of died down a little bit because high school, college, <laughs> find out what your career <laughs> is. Right. And then yeah. people are like, I just I'm and I, I, I just want to make fucking Star Wars type <laughs> movies all yeah. the time. As a, as a comic book guy, it definitely changed the comic book medium as well. It know? changed. It changed everything. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, is like all those those eight year old kids that went to saw New Hope when they grew up, they started doing what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that might be part of the resurgence because like all the people like even kevin smith's peers like it was like okay to talk about it now yeah and not like feel like you're in this weird subsect of like you know where it's like you used to be like oh i played dungeons and dragons on the weekend (laughs) now people are like game of thrones is awesome i don't care about playing like that anybody knows that i do that it's yeah dan Harmon has all his shit and it's so strange how much that's changed (laughs) you know like even just when i was a kid you know i used to get picked on for liking star wars and comic books and things like that and you know relentlessly you know like like what the hell is wrong with you and now it's like you can hiss at people mm -hmm. who've never seen star wars in public exactly (laughs) yeah it's the it's it's totally the opposite there's so it's so they're so mainstream you hiss at people like if somebody walks by and you don't agree with them, you go. It's the Filipino way. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Is it? No. No, I don't know why. It's I just Lauren's way. No. There goes. There goes but, Lauren. We don't like her family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I just, an Iraqi throw shoes. Hiss out of like. The, you the, hiss a lot. I do hiss. That's you weird. Do. That's a weird thing that I do. You're you're like a mongoose and a cat. <laughs> They're both animals of prey. I'm just... He's trying to say you're furry. Do mongooses hiss? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. Don't snakes make noises? I can't can't tell you the last time I ran into a mongoose. It's been a long time since I've seen Ricky Ticky Tavi, so I couldn't tell you. Nice reference. I'm just saying that it's it, it's weird because when I meet somebody who's never seen Star Wars, I feel like I I either need to get them up to speed or make them feel bad for not having seen it. But they've which seen seems Twilight. odd. Mm-hmm. I feel like that seems odd because it was the other way at some point in my life. Yeah, Lauren, it gets better. What gets better? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Like no, now like life gets better. Like oh. all those things that like in a weird way, like you got to stay in the closet about. 
Like, oh, I like Star Wars or I like Star Trek or I like comic books. I was or, never in the closet uh, on that. Well, you, 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 you are so unique and special that you're, you, you're a Vulcan. I told you this. You, you, all you have, all you are is logic and it's illogical for you to stay quiet about what the things that you care about. That's why you've never had to hide. I like Star Rich Wars. Rich grew up on West Side. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So easy, you know, they, they really do beat you up for your lunch money there. So he had a much, much more of, so now than when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but what's amazing about Star Wars is that it just allowed people to kind of like let their geek flag fly about stuff like that. And it's like you said, it's become more acceptable to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. You know, yeah. Dan Harmon on Harmontown plays D&D. Well, now they're playing Shadowrun, but <laughs> <laughs> there's the whole podcast mm-hmm. on, on Dungeons and Dragons. What's, what's his face? We do a podcast as. <laughs> if 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 well, we're you, doing a podcast right now, I know we could be mm-hmm. playing Dungeons and Dragons. No, I left my dice at home. <laughs> I don't know, but but if if I went back in time and told like eight year old me that oh, at one point in your life there will not there will be six TV shows in one TV season that are all based off of comic books on network television, I wouldn't have believed myself. You know, because at, in the 80s, you had maybe six TV shows Total. over that entire decade. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That were based on comics. And none of them lasted longer than 13 episodes. Right. Um, but, you know, now you have things like, you know, The Flash, which is the comic bookiest of shows that I've ever seen. It just embraces everything about The Flash comics. And it is which fantastic. Is, which is why it's great. It's fantastic. I, yeah. I'm just like in love with that show. I that's even, his. That's his. Mm-hmm. That's your favorite show right now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think Daredevil surpassed it just a little bit, but you know, that might be cheating because it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. We're, if we're talking regular television, yeah. I, The Flash is definitely the best. I right would now. say the writing for uh, Kingpin and D'Onofrio's performance in Daredevil give it a slight edge yeah. over, over Flash. But for. You know, just bringing in comic book tropes in the Flash Arrow universe. The only thing they really haven't done yet is aliens. We've seen time travel. Yep. I'm guessing that the Lazarus Pit, as we saw it in Arrow, is magic until they say otherwise. Yep. Um, we've seen every other thing, you know. I mean, hell, we're, we're, we got and, Grodd at this I point. Know. Jesus Christ. I know. That <laughs> is like, I can't believe in less than 24 hours I'm going to see a photorealistic gorilla garage parading around on my television screen as part of a regular TV show. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm just like, I can't believe it. You know, I, it, eight-year-old me would not believe it whatsoever. Exactly. I mean, it was time. Yes, it, it is. It's a great. It's a great time to be a geek. It really is. Eight, eight-year-old me had to deal with that live-action two-hour challenge of the Super Friends live-action POS that, <laughs> <laughs> that somehow I convinced my mom that I needed to get home to see, and it was terrible. I mean, look it up on. Uh, I'm sure it's on YouTube or something like that, but it's it was awful. Do you yeah. know, what we just watched the most amazing nerd volley. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh yeah, you guys made me want to watch Flash. Dude, you should be. <laughs> I, I, got, I got like the first three episodes of Arrow, mm-hmm. and then I don't want to start watching Flash until Arrow catches up to it. A- Arrow gets better, actually. Yes, Because Arrow starts okay. off a little slow, but it, it really picks up, and the later seasons are, are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I think I think Flash surpasses it. I remember mm-hmm. reading Flash at my grandma's house in Flushing, Queens. There used to be a TV show. There was a TV yeah, show, too. Yes. It was uh, on after, it was like in the 90s, before or after 19, Swamp Thing. Yeah, 1990, yeah. 91. Yeah. It, was, it, it was awful. It wasn't that bad. For for the time, it was pretty for, darn good. John Wesley Shipp playing uh, Flash. Amanda Pays was in it. Um, Mark Hamill showed up in two episodes as the trickster. Um, 
Wait, is that why he came back to yeah, this yes. one? Yeah, and he yeah, played that's... a variation of an older version of the trickster. Yeah, which was really cool. <laughs> which is like, a lot of fun. Yeah, it do was not ruin so any... much fun to watch. Um, I did. I I do know he's on Flash. I just I, I want to get there. The the only and I want to keep my 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 nerd timeline right. The <laughs> only criticism I can say of Flash <laughs> is that. The the by the time by the time the fight scenes get to the end of the show, it's like two seconds and the villains defeated, you know, because they they have tons of character development and and you give a shit about the characters and they're all great characters that are actually interesting to watch. That's because on TV shows you can afford talking. Well, and the I mean, you know, the other thing, of course, is you're working on a TV budget, so you can't have a 20 minute fight scene. I don't I don't want. Do you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes, I I I don't. I don't watch. I watch bits and pieces of like the first season and I know it's on Netflix and I want to get like there's, there's another thing I want to get to like there's so much good stuff out there right now yeah but I did see the shot last week where it was all in one take oh with uh, Sky going through the lab yes, yes yeah. that was awesome that, that was, was great. really cool yeah. yep yeah. You know, so if they can start doing shit like that, mm-hmm. that that's another show that just it really improved over time yeah. too. Like it, uh, the first season was pretty slow, but I stuck with it and I'm glad that I did. Well, it basically Agents of Shield kind of had to like tread water until Captain America Winter Soldier came out. Right. And that's when you can kind of see like the quality level go way up after that because suddenly they knew you know, they had to maintain, we can't really do anything. And, oh, okay, now here's the point because we have to be sunk, synced up with the movies. Right. And then they can go off and do, you know, explore beyond that, the situation that was left at the end of Winter Soldier. Spoilers in case you still haven't gotten around to seeing this yeah, movie. It's a, a year, year and a half later, year, folks. Yeah, right. At this uh, point. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, the, and they're saying now that there's a point in uh, from age of Ultron that gets picked up yes. in the next couple of episodes of shield again. Yeah. Um, which will be interesting to see how they do. And I'm, this is okay. The film's only been out for about four days. So this is why I'm being a little bit more circumspect there. Um, I didn't like it. What? <laughs> I don't know. Jared and I went on a mandate Saturday and we left oh. and we got out of age of Ultron and he's like, and I'm like, eh, yeah. And I feel horrible about it. Like I enjoyed it, but I just, it just really didn't blow my skirt up. Like I thought James Spader's I thought Ultron was gonna be just way more you know what I mean? Like sinister instead of just being Well, you have to remember he was pretty much uh almost Tony Stark in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. So he that's why know, he had just, some of it's those. just there's something maybe I gotta watch it again. I don't know. I, I And I know the, and I know the finale you said was in the comic, mm-hmm. but I I didn't buy it. And I, th- I think I just gotta watch it again. My comment coming out of it was Elizabeth Olsen it, is hot though. Yeah. Um, my comment was, I felt it was, it was a satisfying film. Um, yeah, the character development parts with Hawkeye and such, which Marky doesn't like, because um, they took up too much explosion time. I, <laughs> I, 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 I Don't laugh. Was, That's a fair assessment. That's a very fair assessment. I'm sure. laughing because I know it's true. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I didn't mind them at all, even though like I felt, okay, like I, I would rather just more action. I, I would, but I appreciate the character development because I know like not everything could be, well, Marky might disagree. <laughs> I feel not everything can or should be just pure action and it doesn't no, need to no be time to catch. Your I breath, lo- look, but. I love saving private Ryan. I think it's a great movie. I think all the action in it, it's incredible. Right. My favorite scene in that movie is when they're in the church and Giovanni Ribisi is talking about why he wouldn't wake up when his mom came home. Okay. You know what I mean? There was just something about it where I didn't, I was a little 
underwhelmed. I, I, right. just, I just wasn't huge on the editing job. I felt like there was just a lot cut out and I felt like it was didn't it see it, it seemed the, a little bit like there, it was so it was so rushed in the sectional scenes. help. Of, we don't need it. Exactly. Yeah, well, uh, a I know. section with Thor and Selvig. Wait, yeah. All of a sudden they're in a cave and I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, right. And um, then they cut out of that really quick, too. Mm-hmm. And then he was just back in another scene. Yeah, that could have used more. I, and, the reviews I read were, were it seemed like some of that stuff was just put in there to justify Ragnarok. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's yep. like, all right, yeah. got to put this in here so yeah, that we that, can get the Thor 3. That's one of the many things that, you know, Whedon had to contend with was, I, can't, okay, I, I don't I got to pull job. threads together no. from the, you know, the yep. last set of movies. I got to start setting stuff up for the other movies. I got to make this all self-contained anyways. Plus, this is Marvel's, you know, crown jewel. And there's the expectation that it's going to need to be bigger and better than the biggest and best movie we've done so far. I think, far. So, I think right. in my opinion, I think Civil War is going to be the best one that we've ever seen. I'm I'm really because uh, the Russos did such a great job with Winter Soldier, yes. especially making it a 70s Cold War movie with spandex. Yes, um, <laughs> right. That I'm excited for Civil War, even though I it was a plot line in the comics. I didn't give a wet rat's fart about. But you, you like the film, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not a big mo- Marvel reader of you know, like modern re- Marvel. I was much more a classic DC guy uh, right up until about, actually until about Flashpoint on DC. Um, it's just kind of gone, you know, the company's kind of gone in a unified direction that just doesn't appeal to me as much. There is the thing about uh, DC over the years where they had like the legacy aspect of like, you know, second and third generation heroes and, you know, the, where some heroes could trace their kind of, you know, heroic lineage all the way back to like fighting, you know, somebody fighting in World War II, things like that. And when they redid uh, the new, you know, with the new 52 and everything, a lot of that was lost. So, you know, it kind of lost some depth and some interest for me. I mean, other people are reading it and enjoying it. Fine. Good for them. You know, I understand, you know, sometimes it's generational and, you know, and that might also be why, to loop it back to Star Wars, uh, why some people, you know, like some, there's a certain generation that don't find the prequels as odious as they are. Right. Or as we find them, at least. Um, well, can we, can we move into odious. that? Odious. Please. Nice can we yeah. move into the, so I want to, I want to ask a question. <laughs> I'd like to open it up to the panel. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, opening night, I was there, Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. downtown, Scranton. Mm-hmm. Same here. It was, Ooh, and it was, too. and it was the, uh, it was, it was nice to experience. Like I, I like I, I remember sitting in the theater going like, these are my people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the fanboys and all the nerds and all the geeks. And when that Lucasfilm thing came up, like to hear oh everybody go fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I've never experienced something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was amazing. And then two now, two hours later, I was like, shit, there's two more. <laughs> you know what I mean like it's mm-hmm. one of those things and I still went and I saw them right mm-hmm. and it was like and I think you know and I went and, and I went and saw them thinking like can't be as bad as Phantom Menace right and then I went and saw them like can't be about as, as bad as Attack of the Clones right you know what I mean and they just got progressively worse and I I think and we can discuss all the things that we mm-hmm. despise about those that new trilogy but um, for ch- for for kids like 13 and down, they probably loved it. Right. And that's why, and I think, you know, I think that's how he justified telling those stories in his head. Yeah. Didn't yeah. he um, supposedly <coughs> write the, the prequels for his kids? Like 
he kept his kids in mind, like whatever they wanted. His kids and, like Maroon Five. Like, I don't know why they'd even care. And he was supposed to have Rich in mm. sync. Weren't they supposed to be? There the, was there was that, that rumor, rumor that, that they were going to show up as Jedi because his daughter clones. because his daughter loved in sync so much. Yeah. That's what <laughs> that I was a rumor. Reading. But honestly, I don't think that was so, ever an so, actual thing. So here's so here's here's my question. Right? Is that because this is from the mind of George Lucas, right? And because he paid for every movie except A New Hope, mm-hmm. is he allowed to do whatever he wants? Like, where where is it where it's like it is? It is from the mind of George Lucas. Like all of this is. <laughs> so, it, is there a point where it's like, no, no, no? It's the yeah, it's we, the people's we, movie. We got like, yeah, we got to step in. Like it's like, become so ingrained in culture that you're fucking with culture now. You're yeah. you're really. But I mean, it. is he allowed to? <laughs> but you got to remember <sighs> that the original trilogy was just as much the collaborative casts art as it was George Lucas. Well, he also didn't write two and three. Or, or, well, he wrote uh, the story. Five and six. But, but right. yeah. ultimately... Was it, uh, Kazan? Lay Brackett, uh, Lee Brackett originally was working on the script for Empire when she died. And let's face it, her pedigree as a writer goes all the way back to, um, um, you know, Bogart films and stuff like right. that. So, um, you know, and then, and then Kazan took over because he was already talking with Lucas and Spielberg about uh, Raiders. Right, um, and then Kazan again did Jedi, and then and then wait, wait, but uh, but working from stories by Lucas, you know, Lucas right. gave him the you know here's the outline. He could have gave him a page, yeah, right. said here, mm-hmm. and then what? De Palma wrote the opening crawl of A New Hope, helped with it, yeah, helped with it, mm-hmm. yeah. and then George Lucas wrote. Episode one, two, and three. I think that was well, part of the problem where yeah. he had, where he, where he yeah, had nobody but, there to say maybe not. Well, there's a couple of things there. Uh, yeah, uh, Gary Kurtz, who was the producer on uh, A New Hope and Empire, was really the kind of good producer who kind of like reined Lucas in on a few things. I was like, you know, maybe we could do this. Maybe we should do that. Um, M- Rick McCollum on the prequel trilogies was, was pretty much a yes a, man. whatever you want, George. Um, now, <laughs> it's pretty good. Th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right down to the dirt on my nose. Well, uh, you know, uh, at, at that point too, you know, I mean, when he started out, you know, he was an unknown filmmaker that the studio could push around if they wanted to. Whereas, you know, by the no, time American he was a, Graffiti, he had was some a hit. cloud from. Well, American yeah, Graffiti. I mean, yeah, he definitely had some and, some clout, but not enough that I mean, when they f- saw the first cut of Star Wars, they were like, "What the fuck did you do?" Mm-hmm. You know, like they weren't happy with it, well, and that's why they, like they had the editor and, come in and and Coppola uh, were like, uh, "George, really?" And right. it was only Spielberg who was like, no, no, there's something here. Keep working on it. Keep polishing right. this. You'll find the diamond. Yeah. But um, I, I think I think he he's a completely different world from when he's when he was doing those to the the you know unstoppable billionaire that he was when he was making the prequels, yeah. where you know, there was no one who was gonna stand up and say, No, charge our banks, what the fuck is wrong with you, pal? <laughs> True. But at the same time, he was bringing in people to do like some quiet polishes on those scripts too. Carrie Fisher I think on at least on the second one, if not the third, you know, had done a dialogue polish. Um, and there are some others who, you know, names are escaping me right now. Um, but ultimately, though, it's up to him to whether, you know, he accepted everything that came in or if he threw it out and stuck with his, I don't like sand <laughs> <laughs> lines for, for Anakin. Fuck? <laughs> yeah, when, when I saw, when I saw. We didn't go back um, to Tatooine because. Bantus. Don't like sand. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a ugh. when I saw Darth Vader give the, the infamous, no! I I didn't know what the fuck I was watching at that <laughs> point. Like what was going on mm. with Star Wars? How 
Why, who that's supposed <laughs> to be his his oh, homage God. to the original James Whale Frankenstein I read later. I'm like, really? Because I didn't get it. I was just Stop doing homages. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit, though, for all the problems that the, the prequels have, as somebody who, again, grew up with Star Wars, basically, from when I was eight, that last shot of the movie with Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru holding baby Luke on the lip of the crater outside the homestead as the two, the sons. two sons are, you know— sinking into, you know, setting into the horizon, mirroring that shot from the first film, with from Luke, A New right? Hope. Yeah. And all of a sudden at that moment, because at that moment, I was thinking, I am never going to see new Star Wars on the big screen again. I got this, it felt like it just a very much the end of an era for me, you know, in my fandom, in culturally, you know, and how I relate to culture and how I related to film. And, you know, I got goosebumps. I started to tear up a little bit. I was just like, oh my God, this is it. This is a journey that I've been on for so many decades, you know, as a film fan and it's ending now, you know, 10 years later, we're gonna. We're gonna yeah, but do you think, do you yeah. think after Jedi that there was there was gonna be any more? There was always that. Well, I wanted. Well, because it was, was originally supposed to be nine. Didn't he yeah, wanted to do nine? That kind of waffles around. Depends on when you talk to Lucas or what year you talk to Lucas. It was six films. It was nine films. Right. Whatever. But there was something always implicit in once Empire came out and he named that episode five and went back and renamed Star Wars episode four A New Hope. There was something implicit in that that yeah I'm gonna get around to one two and three. And sometimes it's, yeah, I'm going to do it. Maybe I'm not. Um, back in the fall, a great book came out um, that kind of details that whole- Of 2014? Uh, yeah, of 2014. Okay. Uh, that details all of that history of the uh, the creative process and the changes that seem to go on through, you know, from when he first developed the idea in like the early 70s through, you know, oh, it's going to be six movies. It's going to be nine movies. Eh, I took this this- version of the script and chopped it into thirds and that became the middle trilogy and uh, it's it's a great book um called <sighs> conquering the universe i think is what it was called and now i'm um and it's a fantastic read and, and it has some great interviews with people like gary kurtz who talked about dealing with george on a creative level and <laughs> there was a few things in there he was kind of like well i know that's the popular myth or the popular story george likes to have out there but in reality maybe not so much i think that's a that's a thing with a lot of creators though i mean you hear that a lot about stan lee how you know he would revise things you know as history went on and you know some people hate him for it and you know mm -hmm. other people are just like oh well he's a kind old man and he forgets things and it's okay <laughs> you know it's not a big deal so you wonder how much of it is that revisionist history where you know he's blatantly changing things that happened and other stuff maybe he's just misremembering you know like maybe he mm -hmm. thinks it went down that way or maybe he just told it enough times that mm -hmm. that that's the way it it's, ended up. You know? Even even somebody like Orson Welles, you're just like, is he misremembering it or is he just going, nah, let's let's tell this story this way because it's a better story. Right, right. Um, exactly. And yeah, I think I think that's a lot of it too, is is you know, it just it, it especially when you're talking about, you know, film history or comic history or something like that, you know, like people want the the better tale. You yeah. know? Especially, uh, you know, and you you're in that uh 
you're, you're being interviewed all the time. Uh, you're in that convention setting where people are always asking you a million questions, things mm-hmm. like that. You know, you want to tell a good story. You know, you want to entertain people, you know, even after the fact. So I, I could see I could see that. But that's also like the curse of fandom, too, because if you watch every interview with somebody, you're like, OK, I love John Landis. Think he's a, you know, for the most part, a great director, although the last couple of films he's done, maybe not so much. Well, they won't but, give him money after that incident yes well yeah <laughs> but but when 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 you see him uh being interviewed somewhere or the same with dan Aykroyd, and it always comes to well shooting blues brothers and john belushi you always hear the same th- two or three stories about oh we were shooting at the mall but belushi wandered off to the suburban neighborhood next door and just walked into a guy's house and started making a sandwich and <laughs> fell asleep on his couch you know <laughs> It was like, okay, that's great. I've heard this story a hundred times. Tell me a story about like, what was it like filming a, a, a dance sequence where you had to have Stevie or um, Ray Charles there and, you know, this or that, or what was it like, you know, filming in some of these crappier sections of Chicago? And was it important to film all of that at that time to make sure you get that because it was about to undergo all sorts of renovation and gentrification? You know, that's the kind of stories, but, you know, but yeah, they get kind of get locked into their two or three panel stories. Yeah. You know, and that's it, unfortunately. Well, I mean, isn't that the thing that like Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford would always say about Lucas is like all, the only direction he ever gave us was faster, more intense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember and, that which story. Is, and he's which is in, hysterical. Yeah, and <laughs> Harrison Ford has the, the, you know, the panel story about, well, I told George you can write this shit, but I can't say it, you know, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. or yeah. whatever it, the actual quote is, but. And I, I think too, uh, you know, one of the things that really helped the original trilogy that you don't see in the newer trilogy is is the rigidity to the script. I think the the script was always kind of changing, even at the last minute during mm-hmm. the original trilogy. You know, you had people ablibbing lines, you had other directors come in and Empire and Jedi and maybe change things here and there and stuff. And I feel like the actors too don't really get enough credit for how iconic they really are. Like, you know, people look back and they're like, oh, you know, he's too stiff and she's to this and and whatever and i'm like i i'm sorry and you know maybe it's just because i'm i'm you know an eternal fanboy and i i can't see it that way but i just thought the 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 acting is so great because it it felt natural it felt like these were mm-hmm. real people that you were connecting to and the prequels really don't have that at no point in any of the movies did i connect to any of the characters i always felt like they were reading their lines yeah how do you with make no oscar emotion whatsoever how do you make oscar nominated nominated and Oscar winning actors seem like shitty actors. And that's the I thing mean, is like when Ewan McGregor was cast, I was like, brilliant. Yes. He's going to be great. How about Liam and fucking Neeson? Liam Neeson. He's another one. You're like, oh, Schindler. Well, yeah. We're fine. They right. Made, they made Natalie Portman a senator monarch and put face paint on her and made her uh, speak monotone. Right. Mm-hmm. At, yeah. Uh, in the original, Alec Guinness, uh, he championed Lucas to kill off Obi-Wan because he couldn't stand the dialogue anymore. He wanted off the project. He hated it. Yeah, but he also made <laughs> but he also made Buku box office. Oh yeah, movie. sure. Mm-hmm. Which is he, why you he got also, him back for one day on Empire and one day on Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. He, he hated that paycheck. He hated being known uh, for Star Wars. I mean, he, he was in so many iconic films. Right. And that's the thing and is people would always ask him about it. And yes. I think that that tainted it a little bit for him, too. You know, like I think that made it worse, you know, for him. That's like that's like me, like, you know, you know, th- th- OK, so that's like that's like me being like this incredible thespian. 
Yeah. And then being known for my Depends commercial. <laughs> no, no, this you know kind of, what I mean? This is also indicative of the change that we've gone through because we have we have Sirs now starring in uh, major box office sci-fi trilogies. Mm-hmm. And they're completely fine with this. It's changed it's so much. Sirs, yes, knighted, knighted persons of the Queen's realm. Yeah. <laughs> here's why I think here's why here's another reason why I think the yeah, original trilogy was so and why the movies like 30 years ago like we still love mm-hmm. is because there was constraints. You had to work within your means. Yeah. You know, you had to create things that were only creatable physically. Sure. And now that we have like I remember watching the I remember watching the behind the scenes on Phantom Menace and um uh the royal ship she flies. In. I don't know the mm-hmm. name of it. Like, yeah, the, I, I'm a I'm a nerd, but I'm not like you know with the turbo G5 motor. It's not worth that it. one. I don't know <laughs> that. Um, yeah, but the, remember, remember the dude who was like um, Amidala's security guard. Mm-hmm. There was a scene. There was a making part of the behind the scenes thing. Lucas was like, I didn't like him standing that close, so we moved him over. Yeah, you know, we changed digitally like, cut and pasted him. Right, <laughs> right, instead of just like making a decision and living with it. And that's and that's I th- I think that was just the attitude with the whole damn thing. It was just like you know I'm just going to move this around and change this and you know you know if if uh, I'll have him walk down a green screen and if I want to change yeah, the remember, background later. Remember, remember the that's Donkey Kong race and Attack of the Clones when they're in the um, in the droid factory. Yeah, when they're doing yeah. de- 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 like yeah. that was because like at the eleventh hour he's like I think we need an action beat here. <laughs> right, and then they do the green and it looks like it's like it it's looks like, like why are we like why is that even happening. And, well, and this is what has me so excited about J.J. Abrams and what he's doing with uh, The Force Awakens. He said, you know, we're shooting as much, you know, actual props and settings and locations and we're building sets and rooms that these people are actually going to be interacting in. It's not going to be a lot of green screen acting. And right. everything we've seen so far has kind of borne that out, that this is like an actual physical universe these characters are inhabiting. Uh, even to the point where... I mean that first trailer you see um the ball droid um BB8 BB8 and That's he's real. bopping along he's bopping really? along I and you're like oh, okay that was probably CG wow. and then you know 2 weeks at ago celebration at, the, at celebration out. you see him roll out on this onto the stage and I was like holy <laughs> shit are you kidding me yes I was like I was flabbergasted that you know it was an actual practical prop and I was like oh my god you, you know, know where they found those guys it was um it was oh gosh one of the celebrations it was one of the celebrations Oh really? Yeah, they found they Two made they made ago. an R two D two, and their R two D two was remember like you know when you when yeah. you read all like the fan or like the the movie history mm-hmm. and stuff they're like R two D two would never work he would fall over he would do this he would do that and poor Kenny Baker is just like he's probably, <laughs> he already weighs sixteen pounds when he gets yeah. out of there he weighs forty because he's so fucking hot but like they did an R two D two that just like did whatever they wanted it to do mm-hmm. and. You know, mm-hmm. it was Kathleen Kennedy or somebody's like, we got to talk to these guys. And that's uh, what BBA came Robert from. Robert Iger, uh, Kathleen Kennedy uh, went and said Disney exec Robert Iger was very instrumental in bringing the people who pioneered that technology to make BB 8 look real. And it, it, and it stuck it with me. It doesn't look real. It, it is. is real. Yeah, I know. It is. It's, I'm sorry. But it it's exists. amazing. And Iger's name just sticks with me because he was the ABC executive who canceled uh, Twin Peaks. And that's why I've always <laughs> hold this whore. hate. For him, <laughs> stirred. It's coming back. It's going to be know. awful because David Lynch won't do it. But uh, fi- they're saying now it's eh, still now he's back. 50, 50 chance he might be back. Yeah, we'll da- see. Dana Ashbrook was, I guess, the last one that talked about that. He said maybe that's yeah, half and half. Mm-hmm. We'll see. He still has my yeah. favorite iPhone commercial. Do you ever see that on YouTube? Nope. 
Well, when you get a chance, look up David Lynch iPhone commercial. It's hysterical. <laughs> look up David Lynch cooking quinoa. That's that, anything. He has like he does like this whole the cooking shit. He's yeah. really weird. He really mm-hmm. likes quinoa. David Lynch is. He was supposed to direct uh, Empire, Re- Return of the Jedi, Return oh of the my Jedi. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jedi. That, but then he decided, no, nah, I'm going to do this Dune movie instead. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which, which begs the question. You know, you know, always think. You know. Did you see the uh, documentary uh, Jodorowsky's? It was Dune? amazing, amazing, yeah. and it was like I want everyone oh, to feel like they're on drugs without taking drugs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and after watching that documentary, I was like, wow, you know. But if Jodorowsky got to make his version of Dune, and maybe for whatever reason it just didn't come out the way he envisioned it, um, would we we'd be watching a documentary called Lynch's Dune, going, oh my god, Lynch would have made it a much brilliant. better Dune movie. <laughs> it would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spice. As much as I love Dune. <laughs> It's not a great film. It's no. Do you know, I, do you know what I, really made up for Dune though? The sci-fi miniseries. I did mm-hmm. like it was the sci-fi so miniseries. It, it was, was so it much, was much better adaptation. Of it, the was, book. Oh, it was. Oh, so it was because they had true. room to do it. Better. Right. They actually followed the story <laughs> arc of the book. Yeah. Lynch, Lynch's Dune. I enjoy for the production design. Well, and that's and, probably a horrible reason to sit there and watch a movie for two and a half hours. And Sting pre-tantric sex. <laughs> <laughs> you admit, but what was man. great about seeing Dune in the movie theater when you put down this your three bucks? Yeah, I know I'm old. <laughs> I think I, I think my parents took me to see Dune in the theater. Um, you put down your money for the ticket. They handed you back with your ticket an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper with definitions of what an ornithopter is, yes. the mel- what melange is and everything. And it was like two-sided. And <laughs> I did a crib sheet for, yeah, for Dune. Yeah, yeah, you're basically being given a cheat sheet for this right. movie. And I was like, oh, crap, what the hell? <laughs> what are we in for? Yeah. And, and I remember, I think I still have a copy of it somewhere. Get out of here. Somewhere. That might be somewhere. worth money. It might yeah. be, but I'd probably frame it and just hang it as a goof what on my deep. walls. <laughs> and I, I think that speaks to, you know, as we were saying before about the cultural impact of, of Star Wars, you know, because it was so accessible, you know, you didn't need a giant sheet to tell you who all the characters were. Of course, you made but them it up wasn't, afterwards. But it wasn't stupid. But that's the, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I mean, it, unintelligent. It, it, it didn't, wasn't It that. didn't dumb it down, which is is obviously one of the big problems with the, the prequels. It was just so, so dumbed down, like, because, you know, oh, we're marketing it towards kids or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, we all grew up on Star Wars and we're all not all you know murderers and psychos and whatever else you know (laughs) give me a break like what was so mature or you know dark about the original Star Wars that that it was just so much for children that we needed to dumb it down and make it goofy and ridiculous I think the difference is the original trilogy was were family films you you could go see them as families and everybody in the family could find different layers to appreciate those films. Right. Um, you know, older fam, you know, older members of the family, maybe, you know, early twenties, the dads, the moms could say, Oh, this is a nice kind of like nostalgic throwback to a less cynical time because remember we're still coming, rolling right out of the Vietnam war and all of that turmoil yeah. uh, socially. And, and, you know, in the meantime, you know, kids could be like, holy crap, explosions and spaceships. And, you know, girls could be like, hey, a princess who's kicking ass and grabbing the blaster and, you know, leading the charge mm-hmm. and the fight and everything else. There was a lot in there. I think the original trilogy were family films, but Lucas was trying to make kids films. Mm. I think that trilogy. might be the, yeah. the, 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 the discerning factor mm-hmm. between that. Yeah. Right. He want well, he will. I mean, his Lucas is, I think his biggest accidental good move was the merchandising rights. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was you know huge. what I mean? So then when you create a new 
trilogy. I got the trapper merchandising. Keeper. Well, it also changed how Spaceballs we, the movie. It's changed how we think about merchandising <laughs> too, <laughs> and franchising and all that kind of stuff. That all came out of Star Wars. Nineteen seventy-seven changed the rewrote everything nobody oh, yeah. was thinking yeah. of, that's why fox gave it to them because they're like oh, nobody's who, gonna buy a toy yeah who gives a shit about the action figures no one's gonna buy those you know like that's that's why they handed it to them you know that was their fucking mistake and and think about this too every franchisable movie from 77 till pretty much till marvel came comes along in 2007 and 8 it was all about trilogies. We're doing a trilogy. It's going to be a trilogy. It's going to be this. It was very rare that you have like Star Trek where they just kept going from, you know, episodic right. films yeah. from going on and on and on. And really, you know, so we had this for about 30 years before Marvel came along and said, now nah, we're going to have a couple of different franchises that are going to be their own things. And then they're going to intersect and then they're going to cross over and it's going to be a giant, you know, it's uh, comic book continuity imprinted onto movies, really. You know, when you think about Marvel Comics where, you know, you're reading an issue of Spider-Man and Johnny Storm shows up and then it's referenced over here in an issue of Fantastic Four and then they both meet up in an Avengers issue, you know, three which months is, later. Which is awesome, but that's the thing that's like starting to piss me off. I love films, man. Like films mm-hmm. are, when there's no drugs around, that's my drug. That's <laughs> always what I went to. That was the only thing I can rely on and literally escape for two hours, mm-hmm. Right. Now they want to do so. Marvel came around, and then you know, if Iron Man was a bomb, we wouldn't have no, we wouldn't have what we have now. And thank God Robert Downey got sober. Mm-hmm. Um, but so now it's not the trilogy, now it's not now it's like the universe, yeah. which they're going to do now with Transformers, which mm-hmm. I think is really stupid. Um, and oh, did you hear the Josh Trank thing? Oh, getting uh, booted off of uh, the second Star Wars anthology film? Well, number one, no one knows quit or fired. Wow. Word is fired. Mm -hmm. Um, Or amicably left. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Quote unquote creative differences. But I believe today it was confirmed that it was Boba Fett. That's what he was going to do. Oh, really? No, I hadn't seen that. I think it's in the, the, they might have talked about it. Oh, the thing, I I, I wanted you to bring up, did I want you to bring up Jar Jar Binks? Yeah. But you are you already did. You oh, wait, so, so in the vanity so in the Vanity Fair article, did you see all the new pictures that came out? Yes, today? those Annie were fantastic. They're awesome. Oh, well, it's Annie Leibovitz, right? Yeah, um, so they're beautiful. But apparently, in the article, which which I've only read like snippets of it, they're in the editing room with JJ, and he says, and it's a shot of it's like this wide shot of like the I forget the name of the new desert planet that they have, Jakku. Jakku. Wow. And um, JJ Abrams just shit. kind of like passively says. I'm trying to figure out whether or not I want to put the skeleton of Jar Jar Binks in here somewhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, only three or four. And he, he says this in the article. He goes, only three or four people will get it. Yeah. He's like, if they can find it. Right. But I'm thinking about doing it. <laughs> and they literally said, what did they say at the beginning? Uh, the opening battle of Revenge of the Sith, I thought was really, it, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And the they said we threw everything but the kitchen sink into this scene just because of how massive it was yeah and if you look close enough there's actually a sink that goes into one of the destroyers <laughs> so no yeah but uh josh trank was supposed to do the boba fett origin story uh, well, well I, I, I think we're good with boba fett's yeah, story really I'll, right. I'll be happy as long as anyone's doing the boba fett story i just want to see a boba fett film i, I have a friend who is always for years long before we knew there were going to be this new star wars cycle of films he's like i just want to see a boba fett film directed by john woo 
And I'm like, just oh, for, for no Jeez. reason, there's doves. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Space doves, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, you know, when people go to do that jump shot with their shooting, you know, it's always, it's, it's always, it's going to be with boom, the jetpack. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, will well, be awesome. It'd be crazy awesome. But one of the things that I, I always liked about Star Wars was it, it did play with your expectations a little bit in terms of, you know, what would happen and things like that. And it set the tone for a lot of other films and the beats that they would take. And one of the mm-hmm. things that I always didn't get about, Boba Fett was, you know, the 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 crazy fandom that came after, you know, uh, you know, Boba Fett was was in the movies. Um, you know, he's he's really only in there for a couple minutes, and he really dies as a joke. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, he, he dies in this really funny, goofy way. Isn't there if, a Wilhelm uh, scream when he does? Yeah, there yeah, is a yeah, Wilhelm. There's scream. a Wilhelm scream there, and then he gets the comedy. <laughs> Although I'm I'm sure that was changed. Yeah, in he's not subsequent really dead. versions. He, he, well, and that's the thing. But yeah, but fans have demanded that he not die, sure. and eventually that made him live again and whatever. But but you know, I always liked the fact. that that For they built years him up in the sarlacc pit, being yeah. digested slowly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I just, I just liked the, the idea out. that in Empire he was put there as this menace, and he was very mysterious and whatever. And that in Jedi, they, they, they played on that and just kind of like you know he, he basically gets killed on accident and mm-hmm. in a goofy way, and he doesn't really get to his big battle scene that you would expect a character that was built up in the last movie to really get. And I always thought that was clever and I liked that so I always was disappointed that now everyone loves Boba Fett so much that now he demands his own movies and giant long comic series and expanded universe this and that whatever I'm like do you know, do you I'm, know, I'm cool with Boba Fett just dying in the Sarlacc pit I'm know, really you know cool what, with that do you know what the thing that makes do you know what that makes me think of the way you just explained that remember in uh, Raiders when um the hair that when Indiana Jones is doing the whole fight, whatever, and the guy has the, the sword, and Indy just pulls the gun out and yeah. just shoots him. Mm-hmm. Where you expect like this big moment, and then it's just like poof, totally yeah. undercut. Yeah, right. I, I, that, yeah. that seems that's, like the Boba Fett. That's exactly, and that, that's exactly it. I loved that part of it, you know. Yeah. And I think that needs. But that, no one worries about that guy with the with the scimitar. No, no nobody wants <laughs> what his to backstory. Come. Is nobody wants him to come? No, because like, Boba Fett looks cool. Boba Fett was yeah. just uh, he was um, just a badass character. Um, yeah, really but, and, and then, but then, like the mystique and the mystery and the things that you loved about him, because you're allowed to create any backstory you want for this guy. <laughs> and then he, the power of fandom, ruins it. Pat yeah. Oswald had a great yeah, bit about it. all of that <laughs> on one of his albums about the, the Django problem, Fett. The Boba problem Fett. with the the prequels was like, well, you like Boba Fett, yeah. Well, in the new movie, yeah. you're going to see him as a little kid, and you're like, who cares? Uh, right? And, you know? Well, it's, it's same. You know, same with Vader. Cert- I'm certain. Yeah. Same and, with Vader. Do we really need to see him that young? No. 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 I mean, maybe as a, you know, growing into being an mm-hmm. adult, but certainly not that first movie. The first movie is entirely unconsequential to the overall saga, as far as I'm concerned. You know, when you... This year, Anakin guy. Maybe Vader someday later. Now he's just a small And you have to give Al credit for when he wrote that song. (laughs) Yep. He wrote that song about, and recorded it about two months before Phantom Menace came out. And after he had it recorded, he was somehow getting in contact with somebody at Lucasfilm, and they said, you might want to change this line, this line, and this line. Everything else was absolutely dead on. And he, he wrote it all off of internet rumors, mostly from reading Ain't Cool News. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Which, which ex- I think what also the, says something so, about the Wild West state of the internet at the time. So, you're, yeah. you're, so you're, it's safe to say that you're 
proud of your nerddom and your geekdom. Oh God, and, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, what did you think about Midichlorians? The bleh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it really. I, I want to blow my Midichlorians all over whoever the fuck came up with that idea. Jer, have you been tested for your Midichlorians? <laughs> no, but I I I don't have it. <laughs> did you think that, like that was a big cop out to the whole mythos of of all of it? Kind of attracting a um, trying to put a like a scientific, sciencey, why do we need techno babble thing? Exactly. Yeah. Kind of just undercuts again the you know the spirituality of the Jedi and stuff like that, and suddenly it's like eh, I don't care. And you know what? what here, it, like it, this this goes on like a little philosophical rant here about that. I, I think it kids especially could have like looked at the force as you know like a metaphor for their own lives like find it within yourself to do good now it's like oh well you have to have this physical thing so like right it, there's no more looking to yeah. the star wars it's- universe verse or as jedi you know being the the paragons for good as you can't look to them as role models anymore because you, oh you don't have the midichlorians you can't, you can't <laughs> find the power within yourself it's you were lucky enough to be below- to be born with AB blood. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, O negative blood or whatever. You know, it's, it's, it makes it, it's a, makes being a Jedi almost like a condition e- even yeah, rather like than the, something, you know, like a medical thing rather than something that's you, you rise to that occasion. Took my midichlorian f- test, passed, got a 65. <laughs> <laughs> even like the way that the Jedi are portrayed in the prequel trilogy are not how I pictured the, the Jedi when, you know, Obi-Wan is talking about these great Jedi, uh, you know, in the, in the past and mm-hmm. everything and about the, the clone wars and things like that. Everything that ended up in the prequels is completely not how I would have pictured any of that going down whatsoever. <coughs> and I certainly think like the Jedi themselves were were quite fucking lame. Like they were just really like a bunch of lame shitheads who sat around <laughs> in a circle, jerked each other off all day. It was just that, like that was, was only on Fridays. I was expecting like, you know, especially, you know, you hear like Jedi Academy and stuff like that. Yeah. You're thinking like, oh man, they're gonna have these cool training sequences and things like right. that and all this. Sky like, high was cooler than <laughs> seriously seriously it really was like god there was just so there was so much potential in all of those scenes and there's just so much talking about like, war and peace was totally cooler than it, look at, you know talking about trade federation the, bullshit the coolest, the coolest how does thing. that but how does that i mean they should have ha- taken the fucking movie away from him after jedi they should have taken the property yeah. away from him mm-hmm. the best thing he could ever did was sold it mm-hmm. and i hate to say it how evil disney is that's Good. thank god he sold it to them <laughs> right the coolest thing i think about episode one was darth maul no maul. john williams darth maul <laughs> john williams john a little williams. vox humana there at the end of the duel of the fates music yes mm-hmm. you take the it, coolest character and, and kill, kill him right and it goes back to boba fett there is so much potential there and george lucas is like oh let's have him die Do you know it was really cool though. I, I started watching the clone wars the animated really good show but mm-hmm. they brought him back yeah it's oh, the, the it animated canon? stuff is better than the damn movie oh, oh god, my yeah. god the clone wars was clone, so good clone wars i think except for the one season i didn't see rebels yet um of the one season where they kind of got into like the a Netflix lot of the one? under underworld stuff i kind of was like losing a little interest there but overall clone wars is an amazing cartoon series uh better than anything that the original uh the prequel trilogy had to offer is it all canon? one episode 22 minutes I, I have the animated show was better than the entire trilogy. And I'll tell you which one that was. That was the episode with Yoda and the clone cadets. It's in the first season. I and, know I've and seen And that's that where one. I was just like, holy crap, this show is really firing on all cylinders. And 
I remember being at New York Comic Con when they were pre- uh, previewing like the first bit of footage from there, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm not sure I like the design on this. They look like wooden marionettes." Blah. Right. And then looks and like then, Guillermo del Toro did yeah, it. And then they, what, uh? <laughs> not in a good way. No. <laughs> and then you know they released that first those first three episodes as a movie into the theaters. Um, oh, is that what they did? Yeah, um, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was it was some story with another hut that they were trying. The hut who talked like Truman Capote. <laughs> um, Seriously, like what yes. I want to do is sometimes when I write books. <laughs> yeah, it was the if Droopy Dog had sex I can't with. I believe you were prepared with a Truman Capote impression. <laughs> it wasn't my best either. I, I have a good Truman Capote. That's really weird. <laughs> I bet Connor has a good Truman Capote. And honestly, that those, Maybe he might that <laughs> he's, that he's a voice of everything. That theatrical release, I hated. I was just like, oh my god, this is awful. Um, Ahsoka was calling uh, Anakin Sky Guy. Like, whatever your name is, I don't know. You know, it's just like, this is, oh, this is awful. And then for some reason, I, I said, oh, okay, I'll watch the first couple of episodes anyways. And the the, yeah, the leaping quality was so amazing. I was like, oh, shit, I'm in. Yeah. And, it was so good. And I watched it on a lark. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I'm like, I'm, so good. I'm enjoying Rebels, too. I think I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's, the, a, it's a decent show. The only thing I don't like about Rebels so far is their droid, Chopper. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I could agree. I could He's agree psychotic. with that. Yeah. He tries to kill somebody once an episode, and he thinks it's funny. So he's Scooby. <laughs> if Scooby-Doo is running around electrifying people and pushing other droids out of airlocks. And oh, they all, need to, they need to really put him out of commission then. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but hasn't, hasn't anybody been like, he's almost killed us 12 episodes, so the, maybe we should... The the, mo- the the really cool thing about rebels that I do like is like like f- you know for example the one character is uh, based on the original model of what Chewbacca would have looked like uh, mm-hmm. before they put all the hair on his face and everything like that like, and a lot of the the, the stormtrooper outfits that you see in the 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 previews for the new movie and stuff like that go back to some of the original designs years and years ago you know in the, before new hope ever came out uh of what they could have looked like a lot of these characters and i think that's so it's it's so much more reverent already of the original trilogy and of the original canon that like it kind of makes me excited again and at the same time i have this like this internal fear like oh no i'm gonna get (laughs) let down again because you know i remember like i was one of those suckers that waited in line at kb toys to buy the first wave of toys that i for a movie i hadn't seen yet like i was that gullible that i really believe that this is why i was the only one in the jupiter ascending line (laughs) (laughs) i just wonder yeah you 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 apparently were that gullible for the wakowskis rich were were you talking about uh, Phantom Menace toys? Yes. Or, yeah. I, mm-hmm. um, I actually have uh, all of the action figures from the Phantom Menace, the first run. In fact, I, I even got so crazy about collecting those figures that um, I looked for a specific uh, serial number on the back. <laughs> yeah. I, Whoa. And they're all, yeah, they're all sitting in my house. Uh, Wait, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't get the toys, watch the movie and burn them? No. Can I? Can That's I ask, too much money. <laughs> can I? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Because you run a, a film website, mm-hmm. and can I? And I, this kind of goes to you, Rich, too. Is do you think that you know, in the annals of inside information on film, Disney's usually like Disney's the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, they run a tight ship. <clears throat> yes. Do you think that because they bought Lucasfilm and 
they know that no matter what they do, Star Wars is going to sell. So let's give it to the right people. Like we don't we don't have to be executives having notes and doing like all this crazy shit because it's going to sell anyways. We know it's going to do well. We might as we, we might as well make it as good as possible without us putting our hands in it. Mm-hmm. I.e., like you know, producer notes, executive notes, stuff like that. Do you think? You know, because I imagine it where like they just said, JJ, do you want to do it? And he goes, yes. Let us know in two and a half years when you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that is pretty much the attitude at Disney, especially when you consider the fact that once Abrams signed on board, they kind of like took the script, threw it out and started from scratch, basically. Which made a lot of people nervous. Yeah, because it's like, oh, my God, Fan they're going to have to write this really fast in order to get it up, on, you know, up in front of cameras to get it into the theaters for December of 2015. Because um, it was originally July of 2015, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, originally, uh, they said summer of 2015. I'm not yeah. sure if they had it pegged on July. And I was always thinking, eh, it's probably going to be, you know, that Wednesday like before months. Memorial yeah. Day. And then and then I was thinking, oh, crap, but that's like three weeks after Avengers Age of Ultron. Does Disney want two of their biggest films coming so quickly on the heels of each other? You want to push that back out. And they moved that, you know, eventually got moved to, you know, to that December slot. Um, But yeah, I think they're kind of like Kathleen Kennedy gives some guidance there as, you know, the head of Lucasfilm. But beyond that, I don't think, you know, there's a lot of uh, feedback coming down from from Disney itself. Um, They're just kind of like letting them run it. Yeah. Here's here's the amount of money we're willing mm -hmm. to give you. Yeah. See what you can do. You want to hear a little inside information, nerd stuff? Sure. Sure. Do you know why they moved Mission Impossible? I don't know if I should say this. Should I say it? Say it. I don't know. Do you know why they moved Mission Impossible 4 from December to, I think it's August now? July or August? Metachlorians? Know, July. July? <laughs> <laughs> it's Mission Impossible 5. You're going to get kicked out of five. the Five, sorry, my bad. That's okay. Um, because apparently Skyfall and that have very similar third acts. Oh. Oh, you mean Spectre? Spectre, fuck. <laughs> wow, all that build up and you just blew it. I don't really well, care. Well, I could tell you after we see- um, I'm going to put my head in the kick after drum. Mission Imp- <laughs> after Mission Impossible 5 comes out, I could probably answer that for you. But Why did you read the script for Spectre? There's I, uh, there's a few drafts that have been floating around that I've read about. Is it going to be awesome? I'm I'm excited by it. It's It's kind of going into an area that I was like, why hasn't anybody ever kind of touched on this before if you're looking at exploring- the character of Bond. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to be circumspect here for, you know, people out there, especially any of my friends who decide to listen to this because, because <laughs> they're all Bond fans and they're like, we know, Rich. We know, you know. <laughs> Don't you dare spoil anything or we will kill you. See, we got to so. have him on not just for Star Wars, but like, I sure. can sit and nerd all day about yeah. movies and shit. <laughs> do you think that, but, do you think that that's why Lucasfilm? Well, you know, or I, Disney. I I think what happened was um, we 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 saw an era where superhero films, particularly, went from million dollar movies to billion dollar movies, mm-hmm. and so they they I think they sat down and said, well, why is this making millions of dollars, and why is this pulling in billions? Why did why did this hit that mark? And I think they realized when we put somebody in charge who actually understands the property and treats it well and gives back to the fans, but also understands that average Joe isn't going to get everything that's going on here. So maybe we need to, you know, play with this and tweak this and, you know, make sure that everybody is going to be interested in this property and, and be able to, to watch it without, you know, getting confused or whatever. I think they understood that like, you know, a movie like Avengers that I, I, you know, I felt was pretty well balanced in, in, in all of those terms. 
uh, they, the first they, one or this one? The the first one. Okay. So I think they understood like that's why this is making a billion dollars and maybe these other movies because there's a lot of superhero movies coming out every year but some of them you know obviously most of them are just successful by default because of just the name of the characters. If you just put X-Men on it it's just going to sell but you know maybe this Wolverine movie didn't do as well because no one had any fucking inclination what makes Wolverine good or interesting or a great character or even a decent fucking script who worked on that film at all. The last one? The most recent or, or the, the one before that. But well, I, I not that the Wolverine was that much better, but uh, I mean, it was... Origins. Remember, remember when Origins, Origins was such remember a Remember when Origins leaked online? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, and oh, the studio, it's so different. It <laughs> was the exact same, same film. Except yeah. for a couple of shots that weren't finished with the effects. <coughs> yep. right, yeah. And even then, I felt like the the finished film, like the effects look, still looked like shit. Mm-hmm. There were so many scenes where you could, t- you, it was so, so bad. And I also have to say that at the time, I, I was not very aware of who Deadpool was. Yeah. Now that I know who Deadpool is, yeah. Wow, did they fuck that guy up, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially when see, and that's another thing is they and he's playing him again. Here's Fox, who has no fucking foresight. Like they want to make a billion X Men movies, but let's kill off a lot of the major characters. Let's fuck up so many of the characters that there's no way we could spin them off into sequels. Like it made no fucking sense. That's why they had to do a reboot of sorts with with uh, Days Singer? of Future Past mm-hmm. to to get it at a level where they could go back and now do a Deadpool movie because obviously they could never follow up X-Men Origins with a Deadpool movie. When he hit Mario Lopez with an air conditioner, I was like, this is going to (laughs) be... When he hits Slater with an air conditioner. Right. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a total, because I think they're they're seeing what Marvel's doing and going, all right, that's mm-hmm. that's that, that's the way we should have been going for a long fucking time. The, the problem with, uh, just to kind of circle back there for a moment, problem with Wolverine Origins for me was we just spent three movies watching this guy start off from going I don't know who I am to get to a point where I don't care who I was before this point mm-hmm. I you know I'm going to be the person I am now I'm going to be a better person I don't care about you know my life beforehand I don't care how you know I got to that point where I got amnesia yeah and then Fox turns around and goes here's a movie about that story that not even the character gives a shit about anymore <laughs> right so because right. I was like if if, if the character doesn't care about this story, why should I even care about watching this story? Exactly. Real quick, can you guys say best cameo uh, X-Men First Class was Wolverine? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Good, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So That was probably the most Wolverine thing he did. You know? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys? Are you guys? Either one of you? Because I know you're. I'm. I'm. I. I kind of fall like I. I don't know which. I love more Star Trek or Star Wars. I'm one of those guys. Mm. I love them for two completely different reasons. Sure. <laughs> um, and I think my 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 passion for them is 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 the same. Um, are you guys nervous at all about what they have coming down the pike in terms of Star Wars, especially with the anthology films and? I'm not nervous so much as I, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, three times bitten, fourth time shy, I guess, after the prequel trilogy. Right. But um, I'm, I'm excited too, because they're bringing in, you know, a fresh voice, fresh perspectives, um, uh, you know, first and second generation fans, you know, people roughly my age, a little bit older who, you know, grew up with Star Wars and really kind of, I think, you know, as we said before, you know, was the thing that kind of drove them into film or, you know, at least helped them understand how film works. Um, so they're, you know, they're, 
for for the new trilogy, that's exciting. I mean, my God, you've got Ryan Johnson who who uh, directed that great film Brick. You know, going, I, I love Looper Brick. too. And, Brick and is Looper, a, Looper's yeah. amazing too. And yeah. um, you know, he's doing and episode eight. Oh yeah, he directed mm-hmm. a whole bunch of. Oh yeah, that's beds, right. Yeah. That's right. So you know, so you're getting somebody of you know somebody who you know of that quality as a filmmaker coming in, you know, saying, okay, here's some toys, you know, and maybe you, your story has to kind of have these elements because this is part of a new trilogy, but it's, I'm still excited to see what he's doing. And then the anthology films, you can do anything. You can do anything. These are, you know, they're within the star Wars universe. Why not tell, you know, this um, rogue one going to be like a gritty war story, you know, like saving private Ryan. I'm like, okay, that's a cool idea. Or, you know, tell it doesn't take your characters. It doesn't take your beloved characters and do anything to them. No, you could tell like a story about, um, you know, poor people trying to scrabble, you know, you know, maybe like a kitchen sink drama of, you know, people trying to, you know, live during the empire and there's economic repression or something. I don't know. There's so many things. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I would love to see a musical set in the Star Wars universe. Seriously? I, just do anything. Did yeah. you ever see the, the Christmas special? Oh, good God. Don't talk about it, Lauren. The holiday special. The holiday special. The love day special. Yes. And yeah, I could deal without, I have, I could deal without geriatric. Has a, has I know. A, <laughs> it's a terrible sequence. song. And I can do it without geriatric Wookiees, you know, getting their jollies off watching Diana Carroll sing too. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, th- I think there's just enough flexibility to the Star Wars universe that you could do maybe a musical or I'm not saying like go total Jacques Demi and have everybody sing their lines like in Umbrellas of Cherbourg but um, you know do you know there's so much you could do do a straight up comedy Um, you know get Kevin Rubio who did the old uh, Troops Mm -hmm. uh, parody years back Um, you know have him come in and tell us do a Star Wars comedy Um, you know do a Star Wars film noir you know, you know, I think they, yeah, push I mean, it through a couple of different genres. I mean, if you can do, like we said, you know, a Cold War spy story uh, with Captain America, why not, you know, apply that same kind of storytelling, you know, genre mashup with Star Wars as well? I, I've loved, whole, I, I've loved, uh, sorry, what was that? A whole Mara Jade spinoff. <laughs> if Who she, is that, this? That if she be, still exists. That could be a film noir. Mm-hmm. They're don't, rewriting the canon right I don't now. care. He, she's the emperor's right hand. Palpatine. And, she and, was in in the novels, starting in uh, the was it the second of Timothy Zahn's trilogy. She was um she was started off as like a spy for the Emperor, but then she turns into a force of light. Yeah, okay. then she you know because you know Luke Skywalker's handy with his lightsaber. Well, hi because because ultimately the two of them wind up as a couple years you know down the line. Nice in the reference. I know. I'm curious to see but, what, what's the new characters. The Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, they they do introduce some of that in Rebels, so you get an yeah, idea. Yeah, who does the voice? Jason Isaacs doesn't he does the voice? Yes, <laughs> Rich. Um, yeah, or both Riches. Uh, do you guys know <laughs> the the um, the novels by Timothy Zahn? Mm-hmm. Are they do they tie in at all or with the Dark Horse comics? The they take place the just a little bit after Dark Empire. They're, they both they both came out around the same time and they were both set five years after Return of the Jedi, quote right. unquote. And then everybody went like, huh, what? And then Lucasfilm kind of had to come out and say, um, Dark Empire happens first. Hmm. And okay. then. So Kyle Katarn, um, that whole storyline with him, um, is that just in the comics or is he also in Zons? Um, no, it was just in the comics. Okay. 
there's not a whole lot of crossover between like original characters from the comics into the books, with the exception of a few, like, um, what was it? Quinlan Voss, I think, was one of them. Um, and after a while, I stopped reading a lot of the books because it just got, to, there was too much. And I was just kind of like getting to a point of like Star Wars novel burnout yeah. after a while. And I mean, I have like the first, was it 12? hardbacks that came out you know you had the, your first three zons and then um like dark saber and courtship of princess leia and truce of Bakura and all of those and a lot of those sounds dirty a lot of those were real crap <laughs> Oof, i was reviewing some of the those. courtship of princess yeah leia. they were coming out about a year uh, about every six months and i was i was reviewing them for the times leader because back in the 90s i was freelancing for the leader and, you know, every time a new one would come out, I'd be like, okay, maybe this is the good. And then I'm about a third of the way through, I'm just like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I like Vonda McIntyre's uh, Star Trek novels, but her novel for Star Wars, The Crystal Sky, is terrible. Wow. It, ju- it just kind of like veered off too much and didn't feel like Star Wars at all. Mm. Um, this is a different experience when you're learning how to read. To those. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, and I was can... learning how to read. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, this is this is delving into Fifty Shades Darker territory, and I don't know why. <laughs> the book, I mean. I shut up, Lauren. I just do what I say. I just say things. <laughs> don't you know that yet? It's all you do is hiss. <laughs> I think you know what you said too about how you can do so much with different Star Wars movies and different genres and things like that. There's also different interpretations of, you know, what Star Wars is and what it means to people and stuff mm. like that. So I think that is going to have an effect too on, you know, uh, what what people's takes are on, you know, once these filmmakers take over and, and try their own ideas of what they think Star Wars is, I think you're going to see so many different results from that. Like, I, I mean, I see people, like we were talking about the, the midichlorians and stuff before. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Can we and, just ignore that that happened? What, 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 what struck me as a, as a, as a kid was, uh, you know, I was never a, a religious or spiritual person at all, uh, whatsoever. You don't and some people talk about the the force like it's you know like it's god like it's you know it's a spiritual thing and it you know Mm -hmm. binds us and all that kind of stuff and they saw it that that's how they saw it as a metaphor and that's that's great for them but then you know as as a kid i never really saw it that way i saw it more in the sci-fi aspect of things like you know people have powers and how do you explain them well Mm -hmm. okay this is a way of explaining how they have these powers and things and i also saw what was was interesting is is uh you know as a a young non-believer there was a lot of movies and tv shows and the tropes still exist to this day unfortunately where you know they the the characters have to go through this process where i don't believe in any anything oh no i'm forced with the you know, all these things are in my face that t- that make me want to believe and now i have to believe and then the ending the happy ending is is that they they are converted and now they believe and now they're happy and that's not the story for every person on the planet if you're not a religious person that's not really the happy ending that's more indoctrination than anything else and i thought what was interesting about star wars is that uh han solo really never really believes in the force and he kind of then he sees okay maybe there's some merit in this stuff it, it seems like it's getting this Luke guy through things and stuff like that this Luke and, guy <laughs> and he sees well because he doesn't know Luke this he doesn't guy. he gets to know Luke over is this in time. the bar 
Well, no, I'm talking. I'm talking about over the course of the three of the, the the original trilogy. You know, he especially in the first film, you see right away he's very much like I I don't buy the force. I don't get it. I don't get you know whatever you guys do. It's your mumbo jumbo, whatever. Mm. And but by yeah, the, but he's by still the not end, go fuck yourself. But yeah, hmm. but by the end, he's like, yeah, okay, may the force be with you. That's all he, well he and at good. Least respects that he he completely fine. He completely yeah. respects it. But at no point is he punished for that, or no point does he have to change as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, through the rest of the trilogy, it's not like all of a sudden, okay, now I want to know how to be a Jedi, or now I need to know how to master the Force. He still does his own thing. He's his own, you know, lone gun, and that works for him just fine. He doesn't die at the end of the trilogy as much as uh, Harrison Ford wanted that to happen. Uh, you know, he doesn't, he's Good not, thing pu- he didn't. he's not punished <laughs> for it in any way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Like, he's still able to be his own person and do his own thing. And I always loved that about Star Wars. I always thought that was really interesting. How they they never they didn't go for the the cliche story arc with him, you know, for Han or for for Han, yeah. For Han. No, I th- I think I think what Han, you know, I I think what he's trying to say is like, hey, you're good with a sword. I'm good with a blaster. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's and I like you know, that. I don't need I don't you don't need to use my blaster. I don't you need can to use your sword. We're good. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And Whatever we'll works do, for you. Whatever works for you. And I I thought that was so interesting and progressive. And Leia what? was really good at controlling massive amounts of rebel troops. Yeah, <laughs> she was a princess. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. And what was also interesting about Star Wars too is think about a lot of science fiction up until that time. It was always very sterile uh none of the characters had any kind of religious life whatsoever yeah whether you know you know whether they're you know like any type of christian or jew or whatever mm-hmm. you know it was just we're scientists and nothing was ever mentioned that way it was a very secular genre i yeah, guess you could okay, say sure um was alien religious at all oh alien came out after star yeah, wars i'm bad alien Sorry, came out bad. but there really wasn't any religion didn't play a factor in any of those characters lives and mm-hmm. i don't think you really saw anybody pick up on that idea until oddly enough um this tv series babylon 5 mm-hmm. which um you know very much uh religion various religions played factors into characters motivations things like that right which you know some people might find you know rather interesting that it was an atheist who wrote that mm-hmm. you know but he was able to say it is it is a factor it makes up these people's lives and well, i mean part most, of yeah. who they are most, yeah. most 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 atheists are very fascinated with theology mm-hmm. right and you know Battlestar was like that. Yeah. Battlestar was, and I think that's why people kind of like got mad at the ending, you know, because why? it involved, it, was like, it, 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 the universe suddenly presupposed that there was an a, a deity in that fictional universe that took an active part in what the uh, his create his her it his creation was doing, you know, through the angels that it was sending down that was communicating to Baltar. That 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 that's my favorite work of anything ever mm-hmm. is Battlestar. I, I think there's a there's a lot of interesting thing in there, and and to have grown out of something like, you know, basically trying as a culture to process nine eleven through a story like Battlestar Galactica, which was let's face it, a cheesy ripoff of Star Wars. Initially, it was you know, well, I mean, that's how the, we, that's how we circle to that. They yeah. wanted to do Star Wars on TV, yeah. Well, yeah, and Glenn Larson said, "Well, let's do Mormons in space." You know, it's the <laughs> it's it's the lost thirteenth tribe. You know, Earth yeah. is the lost thirteenth tribe, really. Right. And, you know, you know, and he just kind of took, you know, oddly enough, his faith and overlaid that into a science fictional context and created. Was he a Mormon? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because, oh or at God, least he was inspired by uh, Joseph Smith and that that theology and that history and that story. Yeah. Holy shit, that just paints Battlestar in a whole new yeah. light for, for me. For for then the 
you know, the the new version of that to do a different type of spin. I mean, it certainly says, well, we were kind of based on a religious idea before. Why not do it now? And then I think, you know, some fans just didn't know that or didn't understand that that's where that was drawn from. And then they got really upset with like, oh, I fly their ships into the sun and then just resettle on this planet. That's dumb. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it was, you know, and I, I tend to give uh, series finales a little bit more leeway than I think other fans do. I mean, you get invested in a show, obviously, and you get excited at some point though. And I think it was probably around the season three of Lost. I said, you know, I got to stop trying to outthink these shows. I've got to stop writing these shows in my head the way I want to see it go. And just let it happen. And let it happen and follow the story. And if it feels organic to me, then fine. That's great. Um, that's yeah, what I that's There's what I some did. problems I have with the Lost, like the Lost finale, but I certainly didn't find it as, you know, you know, egregiously offensive as some people seem no, to I, find it. I cried three times during that finale. <laughs> I swear to God, because, because it's not about, it, it's not about the destination. Mm-hmm. With those guys, and there's there's no there's no possible way they knew how that show was going to end. No, no, absolutely, they not. did not have a plan. No, and I and, the, and finally one of the writers from that was in the that from the writers room came out like we had no idea. Nah. We were just throwing shit out mm-hmm. there. Galactica um, really didn't either. I no, mean, I mean now Straczynski when he created Babylon Five, he knew exactly how that show was going to end, and over five years that his outline did change for various reasons going along. But um, a few years back, he put together, he he did a um, Cafe Press script book series of all his scripts for the for that show. And then he got like all the other writers to, um, you know, allow their scripts to be published. And then he started publishing his notes uh, from, you know, and I, I was a big fan of the show back in the day. So I was, you know, dropping 40 bucks on these books once every couple of months, <coughs> and, you know, to get the whole run of it. And it's probably the best education on how to develop, write, develop, and produce a five-year TV series you will ever find is just like reading all of these script books and all his notes and essays about what they went through through the whole five I never, years. I never got in. I never gave it a chance. It Was it that good? Um, it was on right around the same time that um, Deep Space Nine was just premiering. Deep Space Nine had a better visuals budget, you know, and- you know, the sets are a little kind of ricketier, you know, around the corner. But if you can look past some of that production value and just really concentrate on the writing, um, the show really, you know, lays a lot of groundwork for its five-year story arc in the first season. But, you know, once the second season starts to click in about four or five episodes in, it really just rockets off. Um, Babylon 5. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I just finished all seven mm-hmm. seasons of uh, Deep Star 9. Deep Space Nine? Deep Space Nine. What the star? What is wrong with my head today? Uh, Get more than two hours of sleep and, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll all sort Good itself call. out. Stop <laughs> drinking so much coffee. What did I tell Eat you, Jared? more leafy what? greens. I don't know what. Did you tell me? We got to stop drinking coffee. Water. No. Are you? Get out, get out of here. Just you know Jer Mainline's monster? <laughs> <laughs> Are you the reason why there's a big case out in the hallway? No, he's the reason no, why the big case is gone. drank. But- but that was since we were when we started working on Nine Line. So that's been like three months now. When when I pop in, be like, oh, okay, I have one today. I have one. That's gross. Know. Hey, you're a disgusting human being. <laughs> I never claimed otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here in judgment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have any more questions. I like being in this reclining seat, though. Yeah, you look very comfortable. Well, I, for the last three weeks, I was sitting on a stool, and every time I got off the stool, did you ever get shitter's knee? 
what? <laughs> Shitters. Totally. Me. What yeah. kind of question is that to ask a lady? <laughs> it was kind of like a general. I was kind of asking everybody. But you were looking at, right at me. That's because my chair rotated that way. Oh, yeah. I didn't rotate. Did you ever get shitters, Nate? <laughs> See, I'm not looking at you tell, now. And it's tell directed me what at, it is. It's directed and I'll, at chair, but it's directed at everybody. Forthright with you. You know, when you take a number two and and you're there too long and like your legs fall asleep or you like you have your pre- the the right above your knee is the pressing where your arms were, where you're either using your phone or reading the next issue of Game Informer. Well, I, I know what you're getting at. I, I get that. Yes. But I, I just call it more like shitters ass, which I guess is more appropriate. And then you my, get up and, you're, and then you get up and your one foot's dead. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know how to get your pants <laughs> up. I'm limping back. <laughs> Am to I going to fall? Was. Yeah. You know what would help with that, Mark? Huh? More fiber in your diet. I think I need a, uh, 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 like a one of those toilets from a different country. Actually, there's the floor ones. There's a deal on a Groupon right now. I can <laughs> no. get you. God, no. yeah. That's actually the more natural way to definitely. I don't care. It's <laughs> it's disgusting. It's, it's and not listen, here's healthy my... to rem- to 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 make excrement in a seated position. Why would you say it? It sounds dirty. What? What? I don't know. When you use like the <laughs> clinical terms and stuff, I always think it sounds dirty. <laughs> when you when you defecate in a seated position, yeah. it's really dangerous for your colon. It's dangerous for for your the lower GI system. is actually made in a in a straight line. Yeah, when you sit so- down, you curve it, and well, then it doesn't it doesn't. Mm-hmm. The Here, human body's made to squat. Watch. Okay, I, I'm going to get off How the do mic. They do I just want you, I, I want you guys to see something. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're talking about positioning here. So right, now go. Okay. How, cheers. Bring, bring the microphone with you. All right, cheers. Okay, so how is? I just want you to see the difference in positioning here. My microphone base is falling, so I'll just take the microphone off the thing. Okay, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, hurry up too, because I want to start talking about Star Wars again. <laughs> okay, so this is the position one would be in if you're on the toilet. Right. Okay. Right. So how how do things get so much more safe? And healthy and better going from here to here, two inches further down. No, no, no. Sit back on the thing. Now lift your legs up. Because in essence, you don't have to bring your body down to the ground. You can bring your feet up to your body. There's a thing they say. So, oh, there you go. Then he could just sit on the toilet like this. That's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. Jared, that's why doctors recommend you use a stool for your feet when you're doing number two. I've never heard that before. That's true. That's totally mm-hmm. true. It's on Amazon. Wow. I'll send you the link. I forget the name of it. It has one of those great names. Like a stool stool? stool? Yeah. Stool the stool. stool stool. stool. <laughs> <laughs> let's try let's right. patent that right now. You you want you want to loop it back into Star Wars? Yes. <laughs> how how I do they poop? You do how this. do they poop in Star Wars? I'm assuming out of their rectums. Well, yes, but w- you know, how are the bathrooms that set they up don't. in like the places like the wait, is, is this is this canon or is this? Is, I know. I'm honestly. Oh, you're I, actually asking. I'm. I'm very curious. So like, it's, it's like the Kevin Smith question, where it's like, <laughs> are they? So everybody's building this Death Star, and then we blew it up and killed all the general contractors, the electricians, the plumbers, right? Who had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And George Lucas actually says in his commentary on Attack of the Clones, what was the name of the creatures, the insect creatures at the end of Attack of the Clones? Oh, um, oh, crud. Insect creatures. See, I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. You remember they were they fought in the ring. That's where Jango Fett gets de- decapitated. Oh, oh, okay. And they're the ones oh, right. who basically designed. Right. The George Lucas right. in the commentary for that film actually says, and this answers Kevin Smith's question. Because <laughs> they were the ones who built the Death Star. Ah. The insects. Mm-hmm. Whatever those things were. The insects built the, the Death Star. Yes. What? What? Yes. 
No. Yes. I shit you not. I'm 100% positive on this. <sighs> remember, at the, remember at the end of it, there's that big fight between Dooku and, and yeah, Yoda? No, I remember. Yeah. Remember they're in the arena, like gladiatorial, yes. with those things flying around? Yeah. Apparently these guys have Those are the guys that built the Death degrees. Star. Okay. But and how, how did they... When remember 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 this. when remember when Anakin and Obi Wan are flying in the so the the stormtroopers show up they got to go find Dooku and he was in that thing if you listen to the commentary the moment where they get out of the arena and fly to where Dooku is mm-hmm. that's where George Lucas says the line and this is what answers yeah Kevin Smith's a, question there's a quick shot oh, of um he got told. Lord <coughs> oh gosh I can't remember the character's name now Lord Pogo or whatever it was. <laughs> Skippy dippy, <laughs> something like that. Something, another Lord t- Stool, another terrible Lucas name. Yes, um, you know, and he kind of hands uh, Doku this little recorder thing, and very briefly you see the plans like a for the Death Star of the Death Star, and he goes, "Here you go." It's like thanks, and he takes off. Yep. Mm. Did you pick up? Did I wait? Did I know a Star Wars thing you didn't know? <laughs> hey, does anybody know uh, when, when it comes Yoda's first name? You know, Yoda has a first name, Hans. My Yoda has a no. first name. It's O S C A R. Yoda has a first the name. The syllables would work. Or not so. My yeah, Yoda so. has a first name? He does. Does Rich, he? Mr. Drees, do you know? No. I, I guess not. Minch. M I N C H. I did hear that somewhere. His a name while is Minch ago. Yoda. Minch I've Yoda. Heard that. Lucas wanted to leave it as a first name because everybody had, like all the other Jedi had first names. He just wanted to leave him a mystery. Is Obi Wan? No, okay. I think I think the 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 one big thing that disappointed me uh, in, Minch. in with Yoda, other than Minch, He's German, the uh, CG is well the, his fighting style with the the jumping and the bouncing and the the, the ridiculousness of of the way that he fought. I always pictured when you see him, and obviously he's much older and he's dying and everything else on Dagobah, but I always just pictured that he was just so good that he barely had to move at all to mm-hmm. defeat his opponent. Like it was just one of those things where he could just move the force in a he certain way or whatever. He was a kung fu master, not a karate guy. Yeah, exactly. Very much, ex- it, that's that's the perfect way to put it. And I never pictured him bouncing around like a maniac, jumping off walls. Like a hummingbird on meth. I thought it was so stupid. <laughs> Stupid. David Carradine versus Jackie Chan. Yes, okay. exactly. Exactly. That's I just I just pictured and him as the a- old master, you <laughs> know, and it just it never I, I never in a million years thought that that was the way that they would go mm. with that. And it, it just like, ma- it took it like, it, it took spinning. me out of it so much, you know. You know what? You know what? You know. What, <laughs> so the best part about that fight is it's dark. They have their lightsabers pop open. And then it's like these close-up shots of like the lightsaber, like in the in the in the light just hitting their face. Yeah. And like the awesomest part about that whole thing is like the foreplay to the fight. And then the fight happens, and you're like, what the what the fuck <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. yeah. Did you just go from the ground to the sky? And the other thing that kind of bothered me about the new trilogy was that and I and I and I literally just watched um four through six last week, is the is the force is not they never do anything like epic with it yeah in the in the the original trilogy sure and in the new one it's like yoda's pulling you know 
you know, half a mountain onto. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was then, a lot of it, it, same with like double bladed lightsabers and things like mm-hmm. that. You wonder, it's like if they I'm had not all against this, the double bladed. No, lightsaber. I'm just saying if they had all this technology, then then why the fuck aren't anyone isn't anyone using it in the older trilogy? If this is supposed to take place after, it's like wh- and then how come like R two D two he can suddenly fucking fly? That he could have used that power a hundred fucking times. All of the engineers went on strike, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> apparently he just doesn't for no good fucking reason. So like the fact well, that mean, they were I mean, adding all this shit in was just dumb. And then, and then, like, and 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 just like, and wipe their memories. Yeah, yeah. Like as it, like as it, like a one-off. Like, oh, right. we never thought about. I hate. If you, oh, but if you, you think hate. about that's it, that's it. That's you. You just hate. <laughs> I just, I just hate. I, I hate where it's like. You know, good for this guy. Like, good for George Lucas for making all that money. Right. Good for George Lucas for making all the creative innovations, and especially with like puppetry, yep. and models, and and you know, shooting it real, and blah blah blah. And then to not like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's in a bubble. Maybe he was so deluded by, yeah, he had to be by fortune that he was like, I really don't care what people are going to think because I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And I want to sell more toys. Yeah. It was, well, a, it was a douche move. Well, I can understand him wanting like R2 and C3PO in the original well, who doesn't trilogy. Want them? Well, cause he always said that, um, you know, he patterned they're the, those, they're the, they're the, 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 they're the, the connecting thread. Yeah. They're through whose eyes, you know, we're seeing all of this un- unfold. You know, he basically patterned them off of two characters in Akira Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress. Right. Um, and so I can understand that. There was absolutely no necessary reason whatsoever to have Anakin build C-3PO. No. Right? That was ridiculous and stupid and was just kind of like, a oh, he's he's a kid. He built a robot and it's going to be looking exactly like every other protocol droid we see in the series. Right? And it was you know, necessary to wipe his memory at the mm-hmm. end of the, the situation. Yeah. But can I just bring up one point that nobody, I don't think we think about too often? In the entirety of the six films that exist already, the only two characters that know the entire story going into it are Chewbacca and R2-D2. Well, Chewbacca, yeah. And R2-D2. No, because no, at, at the end of, the, at the end of Sith, they, they wiped R2-D2. They wiped R2-D2 mm-hmm. and C-3PO at the end of Sith, right yeah. after she gives birth to the twins. They wipe it. But Chewbacca should definitely know. Mm-hmm. I always got yeah. the feeling, though, that R2 somehow wasn't fully wiped. R2 because wasn't. obviously he knew about, you know, Kenobi and... Um, in a way that, you know, more so than just Princess Leia gave him the message to go find him down on the planet below. He, right. He remembered you know, him. Yeah. He was like, well, he's going, you know, because the 3PO was like, he's going on about an Obi-Wan Kenobi and setting he was our master, but I don't remember him. Right. You know, so that kind of suggests to me that, you know, 3PO was definitely fully, you know, his memory was fully wiped, but R2, mm. you know, had at least fragments of that still. Um, and there's, you know, there's, there's obviously. Watch the moment when he never... sees them in A New Hope. Watch the one where Alec Guinness. Yeah, but this puts into perspective what was Chewie doing the entire time running scoundrel missions with Han Solo. He was trying to make some dough. Well, somewhere between <coughs> Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, you know, Chewie and a lot of other Wookies. If and this is if that bit of continuity still stands after the. Uh, the great big wipe they did on the extended uh, expanded universe. You know, they were taken in a slave labor by the empire and a young Han said, well, this is wrong. You come on, I'm going to rescue you. And that's why Chewie's still hanging around with them. You know, all these years right, later Yoda, because Yoda, of the life debt. Cause Yoda escapes mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what did the Wookiees you know, in general know <laughs> about 
about Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader. But Chewbacca was a general. Was he? Yes. What does that have to do with anything, though? But would he still know about, you know, what's going going on with one specific Jedi who he never fought beside that we didn't see? No, but he knew some of the other players involved. No, but what Mm -hmm. was what was the order? What was the order to wipe out all the Jedi? Order 66. Okay, so Order 66. There's no context for that when Yoda gets the hell out of there because the stormtroopers just turn. Mm -hmm. So Chewbacca has no clue that that might have been the last time he ever saw Yoda. Probably was. Mm -hmm. Right. So then the Empire comes in. You know, and Chewie either goes to slave labor or, you know, escapes or whatever he does. He's just there to, you know, feed the need of the original trilogy lovers in that film. Right. You know what I mean? So it it, it really doesn't tarnish or bring into skepticism Chewbacca knowing anything about the past. He 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 probably has no context of the fact that Anakin Skywalker turned into Darth Vader. He has no context who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. He knows who Yoda is because he met him and then threw him in an egg and they flew and he flew away. But I mean, let's just point out the the most controversial figure in all of Star Wars is George Lucas. I mean, he's the one we've been talking about <laughs> yeah, seriously. this entire time. And it's just it's so strange. And, uh, you know, there's obviously there's a documentary, uh, The People versus George Lucas, mm-hmm. and a lot of other people have written about it and talked about it. But I just think it's so fascinating that you can love a man and hate a man so much at the same time. And so many fans have that love hate relationship with him. I, I think it's bizarre. Because like there's your, nobody like your, else that I know that's like that. It's like your parent. It's like it's George like George Steinbrenner. <laughs> Close. <laughs> I'm happy you birthed me this world for me. Right. I'm very unhappy what you did to it. Right. Yeah. You know I mean? and it, but you know, and then then you know, does it get into well, you know, okay, does he have the right to do that? Well, it's his creation. He can do whatever the hell he wants with it. You know, and it it, it becomes like this uh, this this weird. Uh, I mean, you can get all philosophical with it and everything in terms That's of the You know, it becomes your world. You know, your world just as much as his world now because mm-hmm. you know you you've become such a big part of it and it's become such a big part of your life. So, do you have as much ownership over it that then as he does you know I, technically I, no technically yeah no but i think there's um i don't want to say an ethical dimension to that but at some point when it just becomes something so infused in the cultural zeitgeist and you know that you know this film the way it premiered on screens may 22nd 1977 you know affected people in a certain way um and you had a world weary character like han who he was going to protect himself and, you know, shoot first, you know, before this guy could kill him. And that also sets up, you know, you know, a character arc within the film, but also I think is kind of reflexive of, you know, how, you know, people responded to that character at the time, you know, again, you know, with the country, you know, still kind of weary from all the sociological uh, turmoil caused by the Vietnam War in the 60s in general. And for him to change that, I think fundamentally changes how people look at that film in historical context if they don't have the you know the original version to to do that so on a, on certain levels you know just as a film historian you know as star wars as document of where we are with special effects technology and also as star wars as a film that kind of reflect you know reflects <coughs> back where we were as a society i think lucas is kind of incumbent on preserving and making that version available as well as any special edition fiddly diddly thing that he wants to do. You know, there's, you know, there's, you know, that I think is probably the 
the best way to kind of treat that situation, you know, make, make the original version available for, you know, people who want to enjoy that or study that or, you know, write, you know, critique about it. Um, but at the same time, if you're like, well, I, I keep wanting to fiddle with this. I keep wanting to fiddle with that, you know, go ahead, you know, let's have a copy of the Mona Lisa as it was originally painted. But then if you want, hang another Mona Lisa where you, every two years you <laughs> update her dress, you know, to, to whatever's, you know, the most modern looking, you know, oh, good. She's designer wearing juicy clothes. couture. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's, I mean, that's where I, mean, I kind of fall on that. Maybe maybe it's like one of those things at the end of the day where it's like, maybe we're pissed off because it's like any self-respecting artist wouldn't tarnish what was done. Like if Da Vinci went in and just like changed, you know. Hmm. Or, or at least would know why something worked the first time. Right. Yeah. For for all the lip service that Lucas gives to uh, Joseph Campbell and the whole hero's journey and everything. And this is one of the things that um, in, in the book that I mentioned before that uh, uh, Rick McCollum was like, I'm not Rick McCollum, um, the original producer, uh, was like, yeah, I think that was kind of grafted on afterwards once people started to n- mention that to Lucas. Was you know if he was so hip on that idea, yeah, but why then he, he would go on. He would, well, he would know. He would know that by changing it to having Greedo shoot first instead of Han, it changes fundamentally <coughs> that story arc. If he was, if he was such a great Joseph Campbell scholar, right, and, yeah. and wanted to do, you know, was using that as a template as he wrote, he would understand these things. Mm-hmm. And I think, he, you know, as a as a filmmaker. Partly, he got really lucky with Star Wars. It was, was lightning in a bottle. It was, it was, it was, it was lightning in a bottle, and um, you know, he managed to, you know, through having friends like Spielberg and Coppola and De Palma, kind of, you know, giving him little notes here and there. Um, he really just managed to get something just right at the right time, exact right time too. Um, whereas, you know, if he had done it like a year or two later, the culture might not have been ready for it, or the culture might have moved past the that point. Um, if he'd done it a couple years earlier, again, it just wasn't the right time for it. And for him to kind of continue to fiddle with like basic structural things like that always said to me, I'm not sure he quite got it. You know, he just <laughs> didn't realize how fucking lucky he was. Um, you know, and I say that as a fan of, you know, lots of things that he has given us. Uh, Raiders is still one of my all time favorite films and I will drive two and a half hours to see it on a big screen whenever I can, whenever I find out about a screening. Um, still, even though, you know, I can sit there and watch it, you know, in the comfort of my own living room, you know, every day, every night of the week, if I wanted to. Um, did, 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 a, did a part of you die <laughs> when Crystal Skull came out? <laughs> um, part of me, yeah, a little bit. It was like, well, this is kind of disappointing. The, there were some great little bits in there. Um, the first scene with Marion... Just, you know, their chemistry was right back to where it was from, right. you know, the original film. And that felt great. And then they kind of just relegated her to yet another person running, running along behind Indy. Um, but I think the the Crystal Skull's real problem was being in the 50s, there was, you know, a different type of vibe to adventure movies. You know, when they were all set in the 30s and 40s, you could have that cliffhanger feel, um, you know, that they were definitely trying to recreate. And that worked great for those films. And that was a, a core element of that films. Once you kind of move the setting into the 1950s and the atomic age, you're suddenly 
kind of injecting a little bit more science fiction right. into, into these things. Whereas before, the other three things that they were looking for, you know, the, the Ark, the Shankara Stones, uh, the Holy Grail, they were all <laughs> mystical spiritual right. items and suddenly again you know you go from spiritual to the very cold sterile um aesthetic of science fiction and i think that's what kind of made crystal skull not feel quite like an indiana jones film to me because suddenly you've lost that element of some kind of spirituality within that fictional universe right. yeah it didn't feel very indiana jonesy it was mm-hmm. it was kind of like just a okay an adventure. Well, they sold it to film. Spielberg sold it to the public, saying like we're not going to use CG, blah blah blah. And then oh. fucking Shia LaBeouf's flipping Sw- through trees with swinging with, with monkeys. the monkeys. Yeah, monkeys. Yeah. That that whole sequence, you know, where they're zipping around on those um those carts in like, the what are you jer- kidding me? Yeah. And the the ending mm-hmm. with the you know the 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 aliens, aliens taking off and all this. Mm-hmm. Oh, give me a break! It was just it was just so goofy. Did you see the South Park? Yeah, yeah I did. Oh God, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they're raping yeah yeah well i think that goes that that they actually kind of like riffed that off of a um a comment that became like a an overdone meme on ain't it cool news lucas raped my childhood right (laughs) you know and god you know any any story anything on ain't it cool for about three years somebody had to post that in the comments uh about that whatever movie they were talking and that's the thing where it's like well you know i hope i hope i hope jj gets it right or at least you know sticks to at least the 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 spirit of of you know what the original trilogy was and you know the the movies that kind of like define our childhood, such as like you know Raiders, Star Wars, Jaws, Close Encounters, you know movies like that, where it's like they had limitations. Like, can you mm-hmm. imagine if you saw Jaw, if you saw the shark in the first five minutes, it wouldn't have been the same <laughs> no, movie. No. And the only reason why they didn't is because the goddamn thing wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they had to come up with creative ways to do it. You know, now you don't have that. It's like, oh, we want you know. I'll go back to Jupiter Ascending. It was it was dog shit. And I love and I loved, loved, loved. I might be the only guy that can say that, that ever said this was I loved Cloud Atlas. I thought Cloud Atlas was brilliant. I'm not quite In my there own way. on your love for it, but that Cloud Atlas is a film I've only watched once. And it's something Upon I'm like, rep- I need to watch this a couple of more times before I can really viewings, come to with it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so smart. It's so well, And even Tom Hanks was like got to watch it a couple of times, man. It's one of those movies where it's just so good. Well, I'm one of the few people who have love for uh, the Wachowski Speed Racer. <laughs> Couldn't get it. Really? Couldn't get into it. I think the first 18 minutes where basically Speed is, you know, racing on the track and they keep giving you all this back. It's 18 minutes of an info dump, but it's done so well, <laughs> so stylishly. Yeah. Uh, so smoothly so adroitly you know i somebody get me a thesaurus because i just want to rave about that section it's done so well you know they're sliding back and forth between okay here's speed you know young speed in school and then we come back to this and here's speed and his and we're setting up here's speed and his family and now we set up his relationship and his background with uh trixie and then it all plays into that race where he's about to break his own brother's record. And then you find out that, you know, what happened with his brother, you know, they start to hint at it first and then suddenly you find out and, you know, it just builds up all of this backstory, but within the context of a, of a racing sequence right there in the beginning. And it's really, it's, it's fantastic filmmaking. Yeah. Mark. 
So, you what know, what about for, the rest of it? The rest of it's. It, what about the Look, other 100 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably about 120 minutes there because that movie's like t- a solid two and a half hours. Is it really? Yeah. I gotta um, watch it again. I think I was. I, I enjoy drunk. it. Um, well, that might be it. But, maybe I gotta watch it again. Maybe it. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. one of those things where I just didn't. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, you know. Then again, I grew up. You know, as a kid. You know, I love Speed Racer the cartoon as a kid. Oh yeah, same here. That was like one of the things that you know, Channel Seventeen out of Philadelphia was running. You know, weekdays after school was that Speed Race. You know, Speed Racer, Astro Boy, Ultraman. Uh, Ultraman was awesome too. Ultraman was awesome. Um, and it was all stuff that you would watch as a kid because you didn't have a VHS player to watch Star Wars every day when you came home from school. So anything with spaceships or <laughs> or explosions or anything like that, you watched because it was it was kind of like it's almost Star Wars. Well, you know, okay, hey, Star Blazers, awesome. You know, <laughs> okay, yeah, Star Stars, anything Star <laughs> Star in it, it's, Battle it's Battle of the Planets, you know, all of that stars stuff. of the stars. It was, it was, you know, there was, there was a kind of like this mini glut of this stuff when gaseous light battles. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Hey, oh, what, what was that thing that you were asking about earlier trying to figure out about Chewbacca? Who? You guys. What were you talking about Chewbacca? Um, she says that, she says that Chewbacca, Chewbacca knows more than he lets on. That he lets on. I mean, okay. if they had TMZ, maybe. And that he quietly influences the events that Han finds himself involved in. Hmm. No way. Yeah, I'm hmm. going with it. No way. You, so you're saying Chewie recognized Kenobi in the bar in A New Hope? Absolutely. Hmm. Well, and I, here's and, I, I, why, and I'm saying that he what? And I'm saying because how else would any of the scattered Jedi have any sort of contact with anybody else within these rebel forces, if not for some sort of embedded secret well, agent that had a, a cover that had a cover that was dead proof. Well, here, here's the scoop with uh, such as Chewie's the cohort of a smuggler. Known smuggler. All right. Well, here's his background. I looked it up. Um, he was all right at the don't, battle. Don't give us are from you, inception. Are, at the are you on Wikipedia? Wikipedia? Yeah, uh, there is, yeah. it's a thing. There, it's a, there is a Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. Don't stop looking at me like I should have known this. Yeah, I've Jesus. never known this. Uh, you really should have known. You actually yeah. should have known this. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So he was at the Battle of Kashyyyk. Uh, let's see. He helped some Jedi escape. Yeah. Yoda. Some. Right. And Vader. Vader was there. He, Vader led that attack. Uh, no, he didn't. Did he? Yeah. Vader. Not in the film. Says that. Well, we didn't we didn't see the Battle of Kashyyyk yeah, in, did. in the films. Mm-hmm. We saw like a very small portion of that, I think. That's where all the the yeah the Wookiees are. Yeah, yeah but because, we, did, we didn't see and, very much. Because Anakin that. was back in the Jedi <laughs> Temple killing children. Yes. Another great thing for a kid's movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One thing real quick. I was watching A New Hope, uh, I think it was like last Wednesday, when they kill Uncle Ben and Ann Owen. Or Uncle, son of a fuck. Uncle Owen and Amperu. Uncle Owen and Amperu. Uncle Ben. Jesus. Yes. And Luke, and Luke, Luke learns that with yeah. great power Luke comes Solo. great responsibility. And how to make uh, Carolina rice. But when Job. he shows up <laughs> with blue milk. Job of the Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Princess, Ka- Princess Calarician. Um, look, Princess I'm not, here. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this, Darth, Darth I'm not, Octopus. I'm not I'm not good on a sprint, but I'll get you on the marathon. All right. <laughs> it was incredibly violent. Like their their death. Like those they were charred they, they burned remains. Them to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I kind of. And then it's really weird. Like he spent his whole childhood, and he's like, "Well, guess I got to go with you." I was yeah. probably five or six the first time I remember watching Star Wars. And I mean, they the crawled death, out of there on fire. The like, death that's what you're led to believe of the Rancor damaged me. I was deeply oh, yeah, affected was, by the da- the yeah. death of the because Rancor. Goes, I really like the Rancor. I like the Rancor because excited. because of the the the, the master like you know he's, had he's a relationship like, with yes. him. exactly and he's very it's, sad when the Rancor it's ten seconds him. and he just comes out and goes yep but it's it's. It's and a, some it's a random scoundrel comfort him, comforts How about him. The fucking musical number he added, you, right? Ugh. How horrible! Can we is not that? talk about musical numbers? Sorry. Well, well, wait. <laughs> do you mean with the the dancing <laughs> Mewoks? <laughs> yeah. the Jedi Mewoks? rocks? No. In, in Jabba's like, like right before like Luke shows up, there's that lady with the big mouth lips. Size noodles is that oh, her name? Yeah, oh, they do like yeah. This, I know this. The special edition does like this whole like dance number. Oh, where I, she's singing like, a, and it's not even like a lounge song where it's like I don't remember. She's that. like kind of. And then they have the guy who cut the guy who looks like a, a monkey with a he fly he looks, face. He, he looks like animal. Oh yeah, from the Muppets. Yeah, because okay, like, and with, with and that's with like, <laughs> you know what I mean. And that's with the the blue guy doing the. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. With the blue guy with the yeah, it's not like snout. Bum, 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 bum. It's not yeah, that but, one. It's a totally well, different that's, song. That's like, Cantina. Yeah, that's the Cantina. Okay. Yeah, no, but that guy that. used to be. Yeah, it's like ELO, like just showed up to like crush it. <laughs> that guy used to be in Epcot in the food court with the whole band. Max Rebo. Yeah. yeah Max. Oh. He, they used to do a little performance. Cool. Yeah. I don't. What you, <laughs> These are magical memories for me, Mark. right? And then he shit on them. Yeah, and that's <laughs> why musical in numbers. 1997, when I I I was 11 years old, the I was dance upset. Was in there I as was, long as it needed to be, and I was mm. a disappointed 11 year old. When they killed the Rancor? No, when they changed the scenes in Star Wars in 97. In 97. Wasn't it like January, February, March? Yeah, movies? every yeah. three months they or did it. Six weeks, I think it was. Something yeah, it was, it was awful because the special editions came out for like two weeks <coughs> each, and then um, they dumped them onto VHS or something like that soon after. A New Hope was the most egregious mm-hmm. what he did, but Empire was was all right, and then Jedi when they added that dance number. Well, I've already made my complaints about the stuff in Jedi, but you know, and, and there's things like you know that I was like you know just as a longtime Star Wars viewer, like that they kind of like cleaned up some of those visual effects, not even changed them, just kind of cleaned them up a little bit. So like when you see those speeders zooming out across you don't, you the don't snowscape, see the, you don't looking see the, for yeah. Luke and Han the next morning, you don't see those speeder. Through steel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the see-through speeders. Bring, right. bring back the Vaseline. What? The Vaseline. That's for, a new they, That's for another podcast, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what she's talking about. You know exactly I, what I, I'm talking about. I got what she's doing. That's on, how they did the speeders in the original. Under the speeders, that's they would put Vaseline on the film, and that's how it blurred out oh. what you saw underneath. Because obviously, you could see the uh, the metal mechanics, you know, moving the the speeders huh. and stuff like that across. So they would. Mm-hmm. That's that's why you see that little blur there. That's what it was mm-hmm. done with. It's supposed to be the repulsor Physically. field, but yeah, really, yeah. Physically that's all they did was they just wait the, in a new hope with yeah. Luke's thing. Yeah, yeah like that long shot of like the speeders that yeah, belong like with panning. Luke, Luke and uh, C three PO going out to find R two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. He put Vaseline on the film. Mm-hmm. On the film. Yeah. Well, on a well, you know, in the yeah. optical printing and blah blah blah. Well, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Did basically. not know that. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your website. Okay. <laughs> um, Wrapping up. Mm, I guess we are. Um, How long have we been see, here? Two and a half hours. Oh, my Jeez. God. Sheep shit. <laughs> well, it's a special occasion. 
Oh. It's may the fourth be with you. Yes. So. And also with you. Mm-hmm. Lift up your hearts. Although, Lift them up to the Lord. <laughs> Lift them up to the Lord. Although, thanks and praise. Although the, I'll say the movie uh, historian nerd in me would r- much rather Star Wars Day be on May 22nd. You know, the the anniversary of the first film coming out. Right. Do you, but do you, for the sake of a cheap pun, yes, let's go with May the 4th. We, <laughs> we, we, could, we could all book our flights right now to Florida and be there for uh, uh, Peter. Uh, they're going to all be there uh, on the 15th, 16th, and 17th on the on doing parades and signings if we're the first ones online Wait, Disney World th- yeah we can get the tickets to go and meet the original cast members you you don't think if you're there buying. aren't people already in line for like the last month yeah probably is Harrison Ford flying into Orlando no, International he, he's Airport not, he's <laughs> not going <laughs> it is located next to a golf course but we can see Dancing Vader <coughs> I no could thanks. watch that next to Grumpy Cat <laughs> but we can go and physically see him. Tell me about your website. Film uh, Buff Online. Yes. Um, well, it's a news review site. Um, we try to discuss some of the news in context with uh, film history itself uh, rather than just go, oh, this is cool. Or, you know, <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> Um, whether I always succeed in doing that or not is up to, up for debate. But it's something, you know, at least that's where we're. We're always trying to bring that kind of perspective to it. Um, it's mostly myself. I do have, you know, a couple of friends who contribute every now and then. Um, most specifically, my friend Bill, who is um, very much into the history of comic book films. He pretty much wrapped up a several years long running biweekly series on the history of comic book films going all the way back to uh, the serials in the 1930s, like the Captain America serial. Mm-hmm. And um Spy Smasher, things like that, all the way up through, you know, dissecting each film individually. Wow. And it wasn't even just like superhero films. We're talking things like Ghost World, History of Violence, um, uh, Road to Perdition, you know, certain things that people sort of forget were, um, uh, you know, based on comics, uh, The Crow, um, uh, he he uh, does a several parts. P- several parts of that were uh, looking at the Star Wars comic franchise and how that ultimately wound up pulling Marvel's uh, bacon out of the fire in terms of they were close to uh, bankruptcy. Bankruptcy, right? yeah. yeah. Well, not the first time and not the last time that Marvel <laughs> was like that. And unfortunately, you know, the last time Marvel was like that led to all the ridiculousness of film rights for various characters being with Sony and Fox and Columbia and. Because they were that. selling everything off to make yeah. a nickel. Yeah, they were fire sailing these characters out, and it was ridiculous. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that they've gotten back as much as they have, and not surprising that some studios are still hanging on to some franchises, like right. you know X Men, because they know they can make a buck. Sony has no idea how to run their Spider Man franchise, which is why they gave it back. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not so. Well, it's well, they it's partnered. kind of partnered up. Yeah, yeah co producing it now, but um, you know. We try to, you know, not just do just news, but some feature things. Um, one thing I like doing every now and then is uh, called like cinematic swipe, where you see one filmmaker, you know, blatantly, either blatantly ripping off or doing an homage, however you want to look at it, <laughs> of another filmmaker. Like, is an homage like a kind of like a nice way of saying theft? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, you know, like in um the original Hot Tub Time Machine, when John Cusack and that girl are, you know, broke break into that house. And they're sitting cross-legged on the counter with a cake in between them. <laughs> it's obviously a visual reference back to a scene from uh, uh, 16, 16 Candles. 
you know, yeah. So you point out stuff like that and how that works. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when Oscar time rolls around, we try to do some, uh, histories of, you know, history, you know, stories about, you know, various history, you know, stories out of the Oscars, um, Sometimes we'll do like Oscar's greatest mistakes where, you know, it's like, well, why did they do this instead of that? Or What's why? the greatest? Oh, God. Um, One of the greatest. <laughs> um, James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Lowe and Cinderella grinding. Where, where was that? That was in an opening number. Um, in the 80s? <sighs> Late 80s, yeah. They were doing like this big musical number in <laughs> Rob Lowe and was it just come out in so, air hump Snow, Cinderella? So, no, it was Snow White. It was Snow White and they dirty dance like on the center of the stage in this big giant. It's it's on. I'm sure if you search for it, if the Bruce Valanche must have wrote that. Uh, <laughs> what, now, was that Rob Lowe or was that scumbag Rob Lowe? No, it was Rob Lowe. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> not Parks and Rec Rob Lowe. It was <laughs> not, not Tiny Arms Rob Lowe. Not, not peaked in high school Rob Lowe. <laughs> right. right. Okay. No, this is a, this was an actual thing. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. I'm sorry. I'm looking yeah, no, at you no. trying to visualize Rob Lowe trying to hump Cinderella. <laughs> wow. Um, thanks or for Snow that. White. No, no, no. It's <laughs> don't sorry. do that. He's come on here and he shared his expertise. No, 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 no. I just, I just, I'm trying. I'm engaged in his story, and in my mm-hmm. head, I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah, literally like replaying. Like, what it, did that look like? How was that? Uh, I'm reasonably sure idea, the Academy it? routinely gets that pulled off of YouTube if it shows up. But there's got to be pictures out there. Like, if you do a Google image search, Rob Lowe, Snow White, Oscars. Jerry, are you on that? I can be. Come on, dude. What are you on? Molly. Tinder. Uh, I'm, I'm reading. No, I'm, I'm reading more about Chewbacca, actually. <laughs> I, I are you really? Start. Yeah, I'm just going on. Like, He's going to get hair all over his body. <laughs> He's going to be obsessed for the rest of the night. Now. He's got a son named Lumpy. I was on to something, wasn't I, Jer? Well, actually, from what I, I read, it doesn't validate your, your hunch. Does it invalidates it? Invalidate? it? He, he doesn't know. All, like, all, all that it says is that he was there at the battle. Um, he helped the Jedi escape. He got captured by the Trandoshans again. Uh, Han Solo helped him escape. And in doing so, he, like he was working for the slave trader guy. So they became thunder buddies. Slave trader guy was pissed (laughs) off at Han Solo. So they had to escape. And then they eventually ended up at the tavern where, uh, Obi-Wan comes and says, Hey, you want to join our cause? Okay, cool. Got nothing else to do because we're just being a bunch of (laughs) scumbags and robbing and thieving. That's about it. Fate. I don't accept it. <laughs> okay. So then what do you guys, okay. so Every, you guys... Everybody has their own fanon. You know, fan, yeah. fan, 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 can, cool. yeah. fan there we go. in their yep. head. I'm going to, I'm going to find cool. evidence. Okay. So do you guys, so, so you guys, up, I've heard of your website before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys, I mean, you're on it every day or like you, you update almost every day or? Try to. Yeah. Is this your only thing or like on the side are you like an evil sorcerer or a good sorcerer <laughs> no, I, or... I have a horrible day job like you know a lot no, of bloggers yeah you don't deserve it i know i don't, you don't Rich, deserve... i i, I want to say something though from i i really feel <clears throat> that in my heart of hearts for how much film knowledge that you have and i i know that you you really seem to know what makes a good story what makes characters tick you should really write some screenplays and try getting it them out there there just, are there are the infinity few. gauntlet done. <laughs> <laughs> i won't i won't say that i don't have a few uh notes and half written drafts uh, in a drawer or an electronic drawer at this point but <laughs> I, I think i think you should start updating the site every three days and start 
mm-hmm. you know, writing a stream. I was going to say, <laughs> you know, you, you know, just running a site where you, you, it's a, it's a monster. You just need to feed it constantly with Absolutely. new content. Yeah. Um, and you have no, like neither one of you guys <laughs> has any time to do anything that you, you like, like very, even, even, mm-hmm. even, even relaxation, um, exercises where you're like, maybe I'll write something that I want to write. Yeah. You know well, I mean? like, it, you it always no time plays to do that, back do into what you're doing for the website. You know, a lot of t- like you're probably going to a lot of movies and then thinking mm-hmm. in the back of your mind about, am I going to review this or exactly. not? Yeah. Um, or, you know, or if I'm going to like New York comic con, I'm there on a press pass. And so I know I should, that's why you At started least, the website, dude. Uh, wait, yes, it's a giant scam. <laughs> <laughs> I went front row for celebration. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not, hey, I'm not saying that, you know, when you get perks like that, it's not nice. But, you know, at the same time, when I am, you know, given a press pass into something, I say, well, I definitely, you know, I should re- write about this because yeah. they're expecting a certain, you know, I don't want to say it's, you know, a quid pro quo, but, you know, they're expecting if you're going to come back next year, they're going to want to see links mm. to what you wrote the last year. Right. You know, so, and then, you know, there are publicists there and sometimes you find yourself, you know, on, suddenly on a round table with, um, you know, Chris Carter talking about X-Files, the second <laughs> X-Files movie, uh, you know, six not, months before it comes out. One. I know, I know. I was kind of, I, I sort of like it as a standalone, just it's like, a, it's as like a, if it was an episode. A, yeah. yeah. It's, it's its own thing. It's not what I was wanting out of an X-Files it movie. It was like an episode. Yeah. yeah. It, didn't, it didn't further like anything. Mm-mm. But, you know. It was like priest. It it scratched an itch. I do love what's his face though. David Duchovny. No, that serial philanderer. Billy Connolly. Yes, I got a Billy Connolly story for you. Oh my God, go! <laughs> Whenever I'm up in Manhattan, I usually um just kind of like when I'm walking around, I just you know I don't have like headphones on or anything. I just keep my ears open because I just want to hear like various sounds acts, of the city. sounds of the city, yeah. various languages going by me, yeah. you know, accents, whatever. Just you know, kind of soaking that all in You're um, brave. so back around 2000 december 2007 i'm down in the the village going somewhere i'm walking down the street and just you know kind of just passively listening and suddenly i hear this scottish accent and i'm like huh scott shit i think that's billy Connolly." and i kind of like stop and i do like a little turn around and sure enough it's billy Connolly and a friend of his standing outside this bluegrass club at like nine o'clock in the morning just having a chat and i'm like and literally the week before like maybe four or five days before my friends and i had watched um the movie fido uh my weekly movie oh my god it's great yeah little you know it's a zombie movie that he starred in it's it's a boy and his zombie basically real funny yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. great movie and i was like oh my god my friends will kill me if i don't say anything to him so i turned turn around and go excuse me mr Connolly. yeah I'm like, uh, I just wanted to say my friends and I watched Fido the other night and we loved it. And his eyes lit up. He's like, oh, it's a great little fucker movie, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. And we stood on the sidewalk and I like geeked out with him about his movie for like five minutes. And he was like, oh yeah, we love doing this. And it was awesome. And then I think like somebody else like heard him and like, and I was like, oh shit, I might have inadvertently started like some more people coming in. So I was like, well, you know, I don't want to bother you on, you know, just hanging out with your friend here, but you know, can I get a quick picture? You know? And I got the picture and then I, you know, I went on my way, but he was nicest guy. And I think I very rarely have like celebrity encounters that aren't at like a, an autograph show or a, right, right, a right. convention like New York, you know, but just, you know, where they're kind of like 
on, you know, so they yeah. know they're going to be talking to people and stuff like that. But just like kind of like a random thing on the street where I just got to say something like, I really enjoyed this film of yours. And it was just so cool that he it was, was a like, nice little so human not, interpersonal yeah, yeah. moment. Yeah, it was just like, and it was so cool. He could have been, oh, that's great, kid. Fuck off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Billy but, Bones would never do that. I know. <laughs> you know the opening weekend of Star Trek? I smoked, I gave Chris Pine a cigarette and me and him smoked a butt and had a chat. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> What'd you chat about? I don't fucking remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was I was rocked. <laughs> Smoking butts with celebrities. The he was he was he was, he was taller than I expected, and he had really? a he had a five head. <laughs> Chris Pine's got you a the big forehead. Only other person I know who uses that the five head. <laughs> the five head. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. Um. <clears throat> yeah, that's my quick. Mm-hmm. A lot of celebrities are a lot shorter than, than you'd think. No, he was tall, man. He was oh, really? Big, yeah, oh, he was yeah. a big dude. Yeah. No, yeah, he was he was surprising. I don't consider myself tall at all, and I'm roughly the same height as Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. I, I worked mm-hmm. on. Uh, I'm too short to be. A I worked on Sons of Hand. I, or I worked. <laughs> I worked with uh, Ron Perlman. Mm-hmm. My height. Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. I see him as like some seven foot tall. No yeah. monster. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this: How tall do you think Lisa Kudrow is? Five eight. No, she looks like she's probably pushing six. She's closer to five seven five eight. No shit. Because I I wound up working two days on Lucky Numbers, the Nora Ephron film that shot back in in Harrisburg back in like two thousand two or whatever it was. Yeah. And um, so basically, she's walking by me. You know, I I was basically uh, doing a a stand-in work for Chris Kattan for a scene that ultimately got cut from the film. (laughs) Bless your your heart. Yeah, I know. Well, you get that call. It's like, hey, you want to be a stand-in for Chris Kattan? You're like, yeah, sure. Oh, shit. Do I? Am I as ugly as Chris Kattan? Yeah. You'll be playing Mongo. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Terrific. (laughs) (laughs) I got two days. I got two days. You got to get paid, man. Yeah. Yeah, Shit, right? 250. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, Yeah. But. (laughs) Stand right here? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and what was really funny was, um, cause Travolta's in the movie too. And I'm like, basically Travolta. like hanging out with, uh, John Travolta's stand in who's his driver, uh, for, for two days. And I'm like, you guys were just working on a movie up in uh, Toronto, weren't you? Or Vancouver. He's like, yeah, this battlefield earth thing. I don't think it's going to fly well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, really? Oh, that's too bad. Can I tell you something on repeat viewings? <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. But Oof, it gets better. Wow! No, nah, if it's like midnight, if it's like midnight and there's nothing on, it's it's re, it's like watching like Plan Nine. I know what you mean. It's like that. Oh, yeah. I know like exactly what you I, mean. I thought you were gonna go Cloud yeah. Atlas on us. It's with like this. it's like the comforting. It's like watching, um, like it's so bad. Deep like Impact. I like Deep Impact. Me too. Nice. I love Deep Impact. And I love Armageddon too. I love I love all the, the Twisters. Every great. Michael Bay movie I'll watch. Wait, do, <laughs> you're admitting openly to liking a porno? No, Deep <laughs> Deep Impact with Elijah oh. Wood. Sorry. Wait, did you really just have? Wait, was that a real moment? <laughs> no, it was Elijah it Wood, not Elijah Woody. <laughs> I was yeah. making it funny, and it wasn't Elijah awkward. Erection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, um, we were talking about that Boba Fett film uh, it's confirmed that it's going to be the second anthology film in 2008 or 2018 mm-hmm. um was i right about boba fett yeah it, well it's going to be boba fett sure wait did they announce a new director already mm, it just says it recently lost its director josh trank josh trank who mm-hmm. blah 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 fantastic four he's only 30 um yeah talk about flushing he, your career before he already even starts himself, yeah he's like yeah. troy duffy yeah, nothing about the director, right. but it's definitely Boba. Yes, mm. thank you. It's gonna, Jer. It's gonna. It's gonna. It's Jer. never gonna live up to what you expect it to be. 
No, it will. If you go into it with it zero will. expectations, you're going to have a really good, you're going to hey, have a really enjoy, I, enjoyable. I, I, I will accept it. They should let anything. us direct it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can you can direct and then I'll be, I'll, I'll like unit whatever. I think we have to get the terminology down first before we start <laughs> for the gig. No, just let us do it. Just throw so it filmbuffonline.com. Yes. yes. Updated almost daily. Almost daily. But check it daily just to be sure. All right. Um. That's in my that's in my new to do. I'm gonna go to joblow.com coming soon and now film buff online. Cause it's all it's all original. You're not like sharing new shit. Well, we're you know, it was like oh, I mean, you're okay, sharing articles, but you're putting you know, holla, you know, Hollywood reporter just <coughs> said this and this is what we think about it. This is our spin on this news. Right. You know, so it's our you're, you're not, is this good, is this bad? Right. What might this mean? Okay. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As well as you know, you know, more featurey type articles. Um, one thing I'm, you know, probably not going to get finished this evening, but in the next day or two, we should have up like a kind of like a scorecard looking at about a handful of different rumors that came out during the lead up to Avengers Age of Ultron. You know, oh, we heard from our sources that, you know, oh, yeah, this like, is going to happen in the movie and then it doesn't happen. Or, right. you know, what was who had it right? Who had it wrong? And, you know, or who had it kind of right? Right. You know, just kind of like, because you read so much on these, uh, you know, genre projects. Right. You know, and everybody's always reporting from their sources. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times people will you remember. You can make shit up and say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and and you can get away with it. And there are certain sites that, you know, I look at uh, far more suspiciously when they say they have a, a source inside Marvel or Disney or Lucasfilm or at Sony. And I think, yeah, well, you guys came up with a ridiculous story once, twice, three times, four times. And, you know, I'm not going to put as much faith in what you have to say here versus, you know, th- you know, this writer over here at this other site, you know, se- certainly seemed to be a lot more on the ball with what hi- his reporting, you know, two years ago about what might be happening in the finale of Age of Ultron. What, what site is one of the most egregious? Okay, you want me to name names? Okay. I mean, if you yes. want to. <laughs> I find Latino Review a little that. on the far side of the trustworthy scale. Okay. The, the bad side of the trustworthy scale. Um, partly, in a, and I'll admit, partly is a reaction to the writing style there, where it's all, you know, it's it's it feels kind of bro culture a little bit, you know, yo man, yeah, this, and this is going to be so dope. And, <laughs> and, uh, took this chick to see fault in our star. She totally put her hand at the bottom of the popcorn <laughs> container. <laughs> Good flick though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but infamously back in uh super bowl weekend of 2013, they came out with a big story and they had teased several days in advance saying, Oh, we got this big story is we're going to break it on the Super Bowl. It's about Marvel's movies. And basically they said at the end of Avengers 2, because it hadn't been called Age of Ultron yet, uh, the Avengers are going to shoot Hulk into space. And then all of phase two leading up into event or phase three of the films leading up to Avengers 3 is going to be the Planet Hulk, World War Hulk storyline from the comics where Hulk lands on this barbarian planet, becomes a ruler. I saw the Sires a kid. Okay, yeah. So, you know, and then he comes back and (coughs) wrecks havoc on Earth because he's all pissed off. And that was going to be Avengers 3. It didn't happen. It it came nowhere near close to happening. Um, At best, they might have been told, well, Hulk's fate is going to be kind of left up in the air. He might, you know, 
again, sorry, folks, for the next 30 seconds, there will be a, a bit of Avengers Age of Ultron spoiler here, but um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he, he kind of he kind yeah. of he kind of yeah. flies off into yeah. the distance. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, but at the same time, at the end of the film, you sort of get the feeling that, yeah, he just came. He The ship crashed somewhere and he's just going off to hide and be in seclusion. Now, right. isn't he we, supposed to somehow end up with Guardians of the Galaxy? That was a variation on that story that uh, Drew McWeeny over Hit, Flick, over Hit Fix was actually she's trying not to <laughs> okay um, that these are, no 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 these are all rumors this has nothing to do with the plot yeah we're good that Drew McWeeny was reporting at Hit Fix and his reporting was a little closer to how that actually plays out but still it ultimately both those stories felt to me like a game of telephone somebody you know might have said to somebody else who went on to both the you know went to both of these or you know two different people went to these sites and said well here's sort of what I'm hearing and then each Extrapolate of them what extrapolated you will. and Latino Review went crazy with their extrapolation and their enthusiasm maybe got the better of themselves or they just thought you know that's not much of a story let's see what we can do to juice it up because let's face it Latino Review's traffic was crazy for a few days and it was all anybody talked about for at least a month uh until uh in beginning of end of february beginning of march when um ain't cool was like look we've talked to a number of sources and we're telling you this is 1000 percent inaccurate <laughs> <laughs> and even joss whedon came out a few weeks later you know after that and was like yeah no that's not happening at all <laughs> that is not how this is going to happen so um you know so yes and i you know i'm not the only one you know um my my partner at Film Buff, Bill, also is not a big Latino review fan, you know. And anytime we see them reporting anything, <laughs> we kind of go back and forth. Like, do you want to write about this? Or do you, uh, okay, I'll I'll bite the bullet this time. And then you know we always work in a the caveat of you know look this is Latino review. It's not the Some, first time. Sometimes they'd be wrong. sometimes they've been right. Sometimes they've been wrong. <coughs> when they've been wrong, they've been wrong really big time. So you know take that you know. Um, as you go forward with this story. And, um, and that's again, part of the, like the spin, I hope we you know bring to things, you know, analyzing sources where it's coming from. I will much rather take, uh, the Hollywood reporters reportage on the things behind the scenes at fantastic four that might have led to Josh Trank being let go of star Wars anthology, his star Wars anthology film versus, um, you know, uh, a story from Latino Review saying, "Oh, he had an opportunity to go somewhere else and do something else." Uh, what, not that, not that, holler- not that they're not that Latino Review was reporting that. I'm just saying if they came up with an alternate explanation, and I had to choose between Latino Review's reportage and the Hollywood reporters, I'm going with the reporters. What what are they reporting that happened with him? Um, they were reporting a lot of trouble with uh, him on the Fantastic Four set from him not being very decisive about how he wanted to shoot things, um, not being able to give his actors a lot of motivation or discuss their characters all that well, to um, the need for a lot of reshoots, including reshoots that were probably done just a couple of weeks ago. And this film's opening in August. August. Late July, August. Late July, August. August 7th, I think. Okay. and Simon Kinberg, who is uh, the one he of the wrote X Men, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he also wrote Fantastic Four, and he's a writer and producer on X Men Apocalypse. He's supposed to be up in Canada, you know, working there, and he's having to come back to, um, you know, to help with these reshoots and everything for Fantastic Four. 
<coughs> which is, you know, taking his time away from there. And, and Ken Berg was also writing the anthology film, the Star Wars anthology film that Trank was going to direct, at which point he kind of went to Kathleen Kennedy, reportedly, and said, look, these are the problems we're having with uh, Josh Trank already. I don't know if I want to go through this again for another film. And that might have started the ball rolling at Lucasfilm to go, maybe we need to uh, pull him off, off this project. Huh. So, yeah, he kind of screwed himself. Yeah. Not, not to mention that there was just from the beginning, there was just so much controversy with the way that they were handling the Fantastic Four franchise going forward. And, you know, it, it just had bad buzz from day one. The the the, well, the last two films did nothing for me. And every literally nothing. <laughs> yeah. And everything I've seen coming out of this, uh, you know, this film has, you know, just, I've been like, oh, this, this feels like a misstep. This feels like a bad idea. Yeah. This doesn't seem like the, com- the, any of the core elements of the comic until this last trailer, which was released literally at the time, to- at the exact time of the Star Wars celebration, Star Wars anthology panel that Trank was supposed to be at, but, but he had the flu. Dear- he was sick <laughs> and didn't show up. Um, <clears throat> and, there's like one or two little character beats, like um, when Reed goes to do the fist bump with uh, Johnny, yeah. or Johnny goes to do the fist bump with Reed, and yeah, Reed kind of like, like fumbles it. You know, it's like, there, that's a character moment. Oh my God. You know, that's the first thing I've liked that I've seen out of all of this stuff. Right. So, really? yeah. So, they should have filled that in with an explosion. <laughs> That's oh, my they, movie. They will before it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's, I'll go see it. I'm not. I have no expectations whatsoever. And I say this as somebody who thought Chronicle was a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. I liked it too. Mm-hmm. Although I think maybe that comes down more to Max Landis or um, he, yeah, yeah, he Max Landis's uh, script than anything else. Sure. And it, it, it does bum me out that, you know, um, Fox is uninterested in doing Max Landis's ideas for a, uh, for a sequel to Chronicle and are going in another direction. Well, he's a little egomaniac too isn't he though uh he i think he's kind of hyper and that can translate <laughs> as, he just needs a xanax like, yeah, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah oh he here's did your, have incredible here's your juice buster adhd mm-hmm. when he was a kid though i, I just read a, an interview about uh with him a couple months ago um well i saw his uh his um i guess short film that he did with about triple h did you see that no i haven't oh god it was the wrestler it, it's amazing yeah it would Let's see if I could explain it. He he takes the uh, the entire timeline of Triple H, the wrestler, right? And he's trying to. Well, first of all, everyone in the film has their genders reversed, so Triple H is actually a girl. Every, everyone's a woman, and the the acting is pretty good. It's all dubbed over, so it's like Max uh, Max Landis is saying the words, and the girls on screen are just moving their mouths to what Max is saying. So it's psychotic. It's yes. And I'll tell you what, even if you don't like wrestling at the, it's a compelling story. It really is. It's a really good short film. And, um, it's, it's Max's way of trying to say, look like wrestling. Okay. It's fake, whatever, but you, you really get attached to the stories and the characters. And I, I think it really sold the idea. It's definitely a, a watch. Must must watch, in my opinion. Why don't you share it on your Facebook? Maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> do you or want maybe to? I won't. Uh, 
I think we'll save the last word this week just because we, we've been running long as it is. So I don't want to drag it out anymore. So I think we should wrap up now, actually. At the end of the summer, you want to come back? We'll do a summer movie review no recap recap of, what the hell happened the, with yeah, this what, yeah what was this yeah even though we haven't talked a thing about what's coming out this summer outside of uh shitting on fantastic four a little bit but we've got you know that's all right mad max jurassic world oh, mad, mad max. max god yeah yep i think There's, jurassic world's gonna suck i've already gone through uh <laughs> one jar of vaseline just thinking about mad max and, <laughs> uh, oh thank you and who would have thought too when they when i heard that they were remaking that <laughs> i never would have expected that it would actually be good Mm-hmm. What's the at all? What's the sh- oh yeah? And for su- and because you ran out of Vaseline for some reason, we're so now I moved mi- over to the icy hot. Now. No, we're now oh. missing. We're now missing a tub of Vicks, which I <laughs> or Vicks, why. right? Icy hot Vicks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm exhausted, and for some reason, my nose is not stuffed anymore. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm excited for Tomorrowland. Actually, that's. I'd be curious to see what Brad Bird does with that. And I know he's working on Incredibles mm-hmm. too now. It just came out, yep. which is really exciting. Hmm. And uh, in the world of unnecessary sequels, um, that would be that Incredibles 2 is one thing that I am actually looking forward to. I don't think that it tells a complete story. It's He's fine. such a it's good done. filmmaker, though. It's yeah. He deserves anyone. Everything. Anyone else? I'd probably be like, no, 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 no. You got it right the first time. Just let it let it be it. Right. Mm hmm. What else is coming out? Mad Max is like the only thing that I'm really looking forward Terminator to. Terminator Genesis, which I'll, again, I'll go see that. I'll, I'll go see it, but honestly, after the first two movies, there was no need to make any more. Those yeah. two films were great. They start off with a nihilistic premise that you know, and finishes off with a you know a message of hope, which I think is interesting. And then the the next couple of films are like, nope, no matter what, doesn't matter. <laughs> Can't change it. You can't change it's it. It's always, it's always gonna. You know, it's and it's a new trilogy. Shitty. Yeah. The, well, the last one was supposed to be the first of a new trilogy <coughs> as well. So. Oh, Mick G. Yeah. Your parents. We should have known when your parents named you. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> um. So is that it? That's it. Okay. Rich, Woo. we want to thank you. So oh my god. Much no, for thank you guys. Oh my gosh, letting me run off at the mouth like this. So. No, it's for me. <laughs> it's it's keep going. Problem is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna set a bell. We love for you. shit to do. Yeah, we're just uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, viewers, uh, you know, or listeners, I should say, you know, uh, obviously want to hear us talk, but uh, I don't know if they want to sit through three hours. But uh, at the but same they time, will. <laughs> but that you know, it's funny because I don't think that they will, and then a lot of people will tell me, "Oh yeah, I listen to the whole thing," and they just might listen in parts. You know, I they thought last week they would have a little bit out. and then come back. I got I got some funny reactions the last week. Actually, it did was, you? Yeah, yeah. Some some people were just like, I can't believe you went there, and they all felt the same way. Like, don't let Marky bring up current events. <laughs> 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 really yeah they were just like holy shit that just went off the deep end like it was just crazy all right maybe maybe uh but maybe they said the week. the entertainment value was very high that's what i said <laughs> the entertainment value was very high we need them clicks <laughs> well it's, but yeah but it's an honest fucking conversation there's nothing that wasn't like you know here's the thing okay just real quick before we end we had like two minutes right sorry See, here we go no 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 no, no. no. here's here's the, my thing. I didn't the watch gotham tonight in. the weird the weird it's dvr'd it's gonna yes. be on hulu plus mm-hmm. the the thing about last week is is that in the in the room in the moment i was very nervous so was s dakota yeah they were they were they were their fa- but here's but their faces their reactions like everything like 
being in the room for that, like I didn't know it was, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't want to do it. It wasn't my intention to do it. I, a lot of the things I do, you know, I have, I have social sneezes where I do shit that I'm not expecting. I don't want to do, but it, I, I think, and after listening to it, cause I listened to it cause I'm like, holy shit, did we all sound crazy? Yeah. Listening to it to me wasn't as bad as being there. Mm. Yeah. Did you, I don't know if you listened to it. Some of it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't listen. Minute 54 at minute 54 to like hour 35 is yeah. where wow. it, and, and then it gets, you know, back to normal. But, it, but I mean, I'm going to get I didn't, rough flags and just start throwing them. I think, you know what I think, <laughs> I, you know what I think you need to do? I swear to God. Um, those nerf guns with the suction cups in the end of them. Just start shooting <laughs> you with them. And you, and you lick, make sure you lick the suction cup. That's so no matter weird. who you shoot, it sticks to. Okay. What, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shut my roommate. I shut my roommate in LA once. He has a haircut like you. Right. <laughs> he's sitting. AKA he was sitting at his desk and it's like the, the six shooter one. You know, the one like, right? So I, I fucking I took six of them and just licked fucking all of them and put it in there. And I literally snuck around the corner. And my other roommate in LA, Josh, when he sounds like Ray Romano, but when he laughs, he guffaws. So he does like this. <laughs> like that. Right? Okay. Yeah. So him. These two guys, Josh and Sean, I love them to death. I'm going to LA in like three weeks to be, to for, to officiate Sean's wedding. But Sean's like really serious, and Sean had like his own little office at the house. And him and Josh are in there working on fucking screenplays, yeah. which like good for them because they just like sold like two of them. Mm. But I'm the guy who was like they're in there working, and I lean here on the corner, shoot Sean right in the fucking head, <laughs> sticks like a unicorn, yeah. right. I lose my shit. I can't breathe because I never thought it would have worked. And Sean goes, God damn it. Would it still sticking? (laughs) And all you hear to Josh is, (laughs) which was the greatest moment of my life. And I think I'm going to have to do it again in three weeks. (laughs) Please try and record it so oh well. it will <laughs> he's good as shit that was one of the funniest things ever it oh, hit shit's definitely record that no thing. it hit it went like that and he goes god damn it and josh goes ah! <laughs> i'm on the floor losing it so nerf guns that's what you can do lauren uh, i'm down for nerf it. guns will save this podcast <clears throat> all right bye everybody thanks rich for coming uh, on no problem thank you guys and may the me. fourth be with you yes you can't do that. What? Lauren just said it's I copyright. can't. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. <laughs> and we're out.